This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise, such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all your anime shopping needs. I was watching through the PVs and I clicked on this one and I went, oh my god, this looks like more a penguin drum. This looks like more penguin oh drum. God. This looks like oh more penguin drum. Oh and God. then I quickly searched it. It was him. And I was so I'm excited. so excited, Chucky, that I, I'm just feeling tingly all over. And I think I think I just feel like I have to dance. Okay. Wow. I'm dancing. <laughs> was that the was that the most relaxer? No more drugs for you. Was that the most relaxer? Find out next episode what drugs meets you you will be taking then. Ciao, minasan. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hello and welcome to episode 258 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Happy New Year. It's good to be here for the first live broadcast of 2015. I'm so. all tingly. Oh, you're all tingly. Is I'm all re- tingly. I'm so really excited. Tell us, Chiaki, where exactly are you tingly? Oh, jeez. Um, like my heart. Oh. That, that could be a problem. You may want to <laughs> consult a physician. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my name is Mitsugi. I'm your host tonight, and uh, joining me are two lovely hosts. We have Chiaki, the the female presence in the room. So Hello, how, everyone. How are you doing today, Chiaki? Reaching our estrogen quota. <laughs> and uh, and reaching our minority quota. The minority crow quota. <laughs> sitting to my left is Kazuo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy New Year! It's good to be back. I missed you all. Did uh, did everybody get uh, everything they wanted for Christmas? And um, Get lo- have lots of liquor or something or fruit you know, cake I, or I spent quality time with family members and that's what that's the most important thing for Christmas. That's what it's all oh, about. That's so nice. And I got some good presents. Actually, that's I don't nice. think that's what it's all about. It's about you know St. Nicholas and stuff like that. But you know, yeah, well, it's also about family's family. good too. <laughs> <laughs> I see that most of the live audience has managed to migrate to our new broadcast time. But before I get to that, you can find us at our website www.aaapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes, as always, so you can come check us out on there and leave a five-star review if you would like to have it read on the podcast. We're also on Facebook. You can join our Facebook community, and we are also on Twitter. We are on Twitter, at AAA Podcast. And you can also watch us live broadcasting every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe that's 10 p.m. GMT, for those of you that are international. So that should be more manageable for everybody. I, uh, as I said, I think most of the live audience has figured out that we're at a new time. So welcome to everyone in the live audience. It's great to have you. Um, we have a five-star review to read, getting things kicked off. So who would like to read the five-star review? I'll read it. It's Why a short you? one. It is very short. Okay. Uh, it comes from Mr. Young One. And it says, I enjoy the AAA podcast. All three hosts mesh well, and all three sound like genuine anime fans that enjoy what they discuss and review. 
if I was lying about being a genuine anime fan at this point, <laughs> I would be like the best liar ever. How hilarious would that be? You'd be like, actually, I don't even like anime, guys. This I shit's haven't watched. Dumb. <laughs> I just make up the reviews. I haven't watched any of these shows. That would okay. be interesting. So we also have some new forum members. We uh, wow, it's a pretty good list here. Uh, welcome to Steak Dig. Bidudu Sama, Bobby Bob Three, uh, RLKA Strippers, <laughs> Warstup, Worst War, uh, Woodworked, Ghost Lord, Letabot, Kai Shen, J DJ Lotwa. So, welcome to the forum. Wow, it's a, a pretty of, good list there. Yeah, a lot of interesting names. Uh, any picks? Uh, this time? I'm gonna go with Woodworked. Woodworked. Uh, I think it's a. It has. It's like an alliteration, so it sounds pretty nice. I'm gonna go with. RKLA strippers. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Just because, you know, strippers need love too. I'm just saying. I'll go with uh, Ghost Lord. Okay, moving us on from, from the from the new forum members, we have trivia for this week. The trivia answer was, we're doing uh, audio themes right now. So it's like yes. uh, anime OSTs. So Chiaki gives you a 30-second clip from an anime, and you say what the... What anime it is. So it's kind of like anime name that tune, I guess. The but it's OST, so not right. openings or closings. The correct answer was Ikoku no Shirabe from the anime Spice and Wolf. A very small handful of people were able to get this correct. It's most of the regulars. Shake a Spear, Baka Ichigo, Astrophysics, David the Demon, Cyber Dude, Porky's Butthole. Mm. All got this one correct. So nice job there. The winner for the week is Baka Ichigo. So nice job. You guys... Uh, you guys deserve your round of applause, but I have no drop for that, so I'm, I apologize. Yay! <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I just did the drop. <laughs> the uh, the trivia theme is still audio clips, so there's, I think, two more weeks of this, so go out, go to the website and uh, try your hand at the trivia. You know, what do you have to lose? It's time for an almighty anime mailbag! Anime. 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 Mailbag. If you want to leave us a mailbag, you can do it on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. There's a button on the top that says mailbag. We're only two months behind, so, you know, but don't let that deter you. I'm just being honest, right? So We should make a gif of ourselves doing, like, the mailbag song. The mailbag dance. <laughs> well, maybe or make a thing, like, like record yourself doing the AAA mailbag dance. And, and send it in. And send it in. That would be awesome. <laughs> On a side note, um, I just took a, a Soma. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, is that a, an herbal supplement? Uh, my back hurts a lot after I weight lift, so I just took a muscle relaxer. Oh. Supposedly, it's a muscle relaxer, but honestly, that little white tablet could have been anything. So oh. um, so what's going to happen to Mitsugi during the show? I don't know. You don't just know. like melt into your chair uh, halfway through the show. That could have been ecstasy. <laughs> I, I mean, may, maybe I'll be hugging Kazuo you know, <laughs> lovingly halfway through the show. Maybe I'll be dead. Uh. I could die. I could <laughs> die. Honestly. Maybe I'll be dead. So Please, <laughs> that's awful. So for those of you that are watching live, you are going on an adventure with Mitsugi, into Mitsugi's <laughs> mind. What will happen to him during the course of the show? I'm so glad I'm hosting this this episode. Watch, everyone's oh, gonna be really disappointed in like an hour from now when we completely forgot that he took one. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm gonna read this first this first mailbag and see if I can get through it without slurring my word. Whoa. <laughs> without slurring my words this first mailbag is submitted by Shizuo and Shizuo writes we've all come across the deep dark world that is fan fiction at some point mm. it is a world probably rivaled only by Tumblr are there any fan fictions that you guys can actually stomach wait 
Stomach. Stomach. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Ah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what fan fictions would you would you like to be written? So this is a this is a Chiaki question. <laughs> you guys don't read fan fiction? Uh, no. Who no. has time for <laughs> Not that? Not on purpose. I actually alternate between like published literature and things that I download off of AO3 and import onto my Kindle. Because for those of you who maybe didn't know this, you can download as a .mobi file and have that sent directly to your Kindle and it's like perfectly formatted for your Kindle. So I I love fan fiction. Um, I usually know within the first sentence of a fan fiction if it's something that I'm going to be able to stomach or not. And that is entirely dependent upon the writing. Um, though there are some pairings that I'm just like, no. <laughs> No, and it's it's dependent upon fandom. Um, what fan fictions would I like to be written? Um, I turn to fan fiction for my my trash writing. No offense to fan fiction writers, but that's what I go to fan fiction for. So anything that's like Fifty Shades of Grey meets X Y Z anime, that's what that's what I want to be written. Now is I mean, oh my God, all all fan fiction is not like you know, Fifty Shades of Grey where it's, you know, um, sexual in nature. No, no, no. Right? I mean, yeah. there's just some... Most most sites, so, like, for example, AO3 has a rating of G to mm. E. So, like, and it goes from, like, G, PG, um, teen, so 13 plus, and then I think they have, they might have one more, but then it's, like, mature, right. which is sexual themes, and then explicit, which is, like smut eroge type of thing okay so um so now are there any any particular people that you follow that write fan fiction or it's just general sites that you keep track of and I, you know i i don't have particular people that i follow just because um oftentimes when i read someone's work i want to move on to something different like a different style of writing right um or maybe they only have one fan fiction that's in the fandom that i like and then they write for other fandoms that i'm not as in into so i could see f some fan fiction being interesting you know how, like when you're a kid and you kind of pretend like oh wouldn't it be cool if superman and batman and blah 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 yeah you know just make stuff up or you know i mean i also love fan whoever. fiction for like universes that have ended so like Harry Potter or Utena where it's like there's not going to be anymore so right. it's really cool as kind of that what happens next or here's a backstory or whatever yeah that would be cool there's definitely a lot of anime that have you know concluded and it's like uh, I want more what happens next so right. I could see how that if, if it was decent quality I'm sure there's a lot of garbage out there oh yes that's that's why I say you can only tell on the first page if it's good or not okay so um, do you guys have anything else to add to that no no Okay, so which one of you lucky people wants to read this second mailbag from Carl? I'll read the next one. Carl writes, Hello, AAA team. Carl here writing another question. Me and my friend have started collecting anime figures, and that got me curious. What is the first figure you guys bought, and is there any figure in particular that is your favorite? That's all. Keep up the great work. I got a, um, I got a figure for Christmas, actually. Oh, did you? I did. I got it right here on the desk. I'm going to show Kazuo. So, Ooh, uh, what's Kazuo, that? this is Bastet, or in Japanese, Basteto. Mm, okay. It's Wh one of the uh, one of the famous characters from the Puzzle Dragons uh, franchise. Puzzle Dragon. Which I know that you uh, know that I kind of obsess over. So oh, yeah. I'm showing you on my phone the actual character from the game, and you'll see that it's the exact same pose that she's doing in the game that I have in this figure. Wow, that is, yeah, that's perfect. That's it's very a, well done. It's a pretty nice figure. I think you can get them for like 30 or 40 bucks, and... Um, it's uh on the, it's on the table here in the front. You can sort of see it on the camera, but it's 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 uh yeah. It's um 
you know, you really start to collect anime figures when you go to Japan. They have so many. They're just, they're just everywhere. Like you really can't go to a uh, an arcade or a, or an anime store or a DVD store, or really like, I mean, or a department store even probably without running into some kind of anime figure. I mean, they're literally everywhere. And of course, they make them for practically everything. Hmm. So you see one from an anime you love, and it's like, oh my god, it's twenty bucks. Like, I mean, I bought I bought the Goku that's up on top of the shelf behind us at Tokyo Tower. Oh yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned that in a an old episode, and yeah, and how they're much cheaper in Japan than they are here stateside. I've never really collected anime figures though, but you guys have quite a few here. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, there's a lot here in our in our little studio. I I don't know what the first figure is that I ever bought. My first one was the uh, Princess of Crystal Moir Penguin Drum figure that I have somewhere back over this way. And then, uh, as for my favorite, it's a toss-up between that and my Utena one for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not really sure. I think it was probably some kind of like a little Gundam model. I guess I technically had like Transformer action figures when I was a kid, so um, maybe that counts as a figure. Well, yeah, I did have. Now that I think about it, um, I remember buying a Gundam model that you had to, you know, one of the ones you have to build yourself, and I d- did that. But I had a Death Scythe like that when I was a kid, actually. I think mine was Wing Zero. Okay. If I remember correctly, I just switched our studio camera, and I'm actually I'm showing the Bastet figure right now, so people can see it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's cute. She's a little cat goddess, one of the Egyptian, one of the Egyptian gods. So, okay, do you guys want to read the next question? Sure. Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, tackle that one. It comes from Saint Animal, and it reads, "AAA acolytes, as you continue your mission to spread anime addiction with your divine and sexy voice, I call upon your wisdom." At the moment, I am currently watching Parasite, which is based on a finished manga of one of my favorite authors. Too often, I read manga with a definite end and wish for an anime rendition of it, but instead we get an onslaught of incomplete light novels airing each season. Why won't the anime industry adapt more completed series, for which has both strong stories and past commercial success? Why do they animate stories only to drop them, drop them, even when stories like Moribito or Twelve Kingdoms are done. Tatami Galaxy and Uchoten Kazoku are my favorite animes that came out of this decade because they are based on finished works. Which concluded stories would you like to see get adapted yourselves? That's a really good question. This is a complicated question. I mean, even anime that are finished still get dropped sometimes. Technically, they dropped or didn't complete one of the story arcs in Twelve Kingdoms, and that anime was long finished I mean well technically speaking 12 Kingdoms actually isn't finished because they are still releasing novels for it Mm -hmm. the the woman who writes it is still I mean she came she released one just a couple years ago but I don't know why do you guys think that they sometimes choose to adapt an unfinished manga yeah it's It's a tough question yeah that's hard to say Um, you know it's entirely speculation on my part I don't have the answer but A lot of these manga you'll see start coming out in 2009 or something and you know we're in 2014 and they have three volumes or four volumes which really you know less than one manga a year not a lot of manga out there and so I feel like for some manga it might be one of those things where a director or producer looks at it and says okay you only have this much content and when you started creating this content it was you know, X number of years ago, and there's probably no chance you're going to finish. 
before we have an anime done. So I figure it's either ah, like a So you think Hunter oh. Hunter. Oh. Oh. Um so <laughs> I feel like it's a kind of, you know, they either look at it from a perspective of when this manga started, you know, maybe tastes have changed. Maybe in the five years that the manga's been going, tastes have changed and by the time it finishes people look at it and say, you know, this manga was started five years ago and it just finished, but no one's into magical girls anymore. I'm just going to pick something. Right. Or maybe people look at it and say, we have no idea when this could finish and this is a really hot thing right now. We might as well do it and strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I mean, you know, they may come out with a manga that's just blown up and, you know, having great success and... So they have to, as you said, strike while the iron's hot and get get that anime out there. So it all depends on, I would assume, you know, what sales look like for the particular manga and trends in, in the industry. So I, th- I think a lot of times they're trying to sell mangas also. So you have a manga that has that's maybe 50% complete. I could see a studio talking to the to the manga artist and being like, you know, how how approximately how close are we to being finished with this story in your head? And he's like, oh, well, we're 65% done. So the the studio says, oh, okay, well, you know, this is a really great manga. We think it could be adapted really easily to uh, to, to anime. It's popular. I think we can make some money off of this. So they adapt it, and they don't really. I feel like they don't really care sometimes if they finish the story inside the anime or not mm-hmm. they expect people to and maybe this is more of the Japanese mentality because we all know that they're not really thinking about westerners when they're making stuff like this but you know you watch the anime you get interested in the story but if you want to finish it you got to go buy the mangas yeah. right. I think that that's, that's part of it <laughs> that happens all the time I know yeah I mean or if an, or if a manga is coming out and um, they you know jump on making an anime and then the anime catches up to the manga within a couple of seasons and then you have to end up coming up with all this filler and stuff. and hey, yeah. If you think about it, I think they even have more of an incentive sometimes to do unfinished series because they know that they will sell more mangas afterwards. If, they, if, if they've already exhausted the sales of a manga you know, um, beforehand, then why would they bother making a... a then, then they're not going to get like a ton of extra sales of, out of it. You know, I'm not really sure. But uh, to answer the, the second half of that question, I, I'd like to see Onani Master Kurosawa done into a... An anime. For those of you that don't know what that is, you should you can Google it. But it's it's a pretty short anime. I think it would probably be, it would be no more than twelve episodes. I mean, it would be stretching it even to have twelve. But it was a really good manga. I mean, I read it. I don't even read manga, but I read that thing for the podcast like four years ago, and said I wanted it to be made into an anime back then, and I think I still do. Yeah, I don't really read manga. I mean, I did a long time ago, but. Yeah, I can't really intelligently answer that part of the question because I don't I'm not familiar with any current I think ones. I think I've answered I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. I want to see an OVA or a film uh adapting the manga Socrates in Love. Oh yeah, I think you have mentioned that before. I have and I haven't gotten it, so I'm going to keep saying it and putting it out into the universe. There's a uh, there's a, a man standing on his balcony um, <laughs> a- across from me in Mitsugi's apartment, and he literally has a full frontal shot view of us of our studio through through two <laughs> <Yeah>. windows. <laughs> he can so see awkward. us. Yeah, we're like we're all wearing headphones. We're talking in front of mics. We have like these camera, we have these lights in front of us, and this guy is gonna look at us and say, "What the hell?" <laughs> no, he's gonna be like, "Oh my god, I live next to celebrities." Is this, is this some ESPN shit? <laughs> he, he looks over and he goes, "Oh my god, is that AAA podcast over there?" Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> okay, for the record, I, I'll read the last one here. Um, the last mailbag comes from 
Tuffalo Buffalo. Well, mm. I, I hope I uh, got that right. If you were teaching a film class on Princess Kaguya or Kaguya Hime, what, uh, and Kaguya Hime was the subject at some point, what essay questions would you choose for options on a homework assignment? Are you a professor, Tuffalo oh, Buffalo? <laughs> That's a good question. Are, are we helping make your syllabi? <laughs> Is this a film studies, like, college course? The, there are so many words in this question that I don't like. Homework, assignment, <laughs> questions. Okay. Are you, you a little phobic? Calm oh, God. No, do you, no. Need, do you need a Soma? I'm gonna, calm you yeah, down. right. I'm just going to dive out the window. So, uh, you can't make me do it. I have a couple here that I wrote down, you know, um, Having spent so much time in school, I can think of an essay question for anything, yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, what are some traits of folktale stories, and how can these be seen in Kaguya-hime? So I'm sure lots of folktales have uh, a lot of different types of literature, have specific like meter or, or themes or symbolisms or you know types of things in them that, are, that you see throughout different types of uh, similar literature. So... What are those things, what are those traits of folktales and give an example of how they're seen in Kaguya-hime? I think it's good. And I have another one here. Uh, compare Kaguya-hime to a folktale from a different culture. Oh, that's such a cop-out essay. It's a <laughs> bitch of an essay because it makes oh. you go read another folktale. Um, let's see. If I had to pick, I would say, I would do a comparison looking at Takahata, and I would say, you know, Kaguya-hime is possibly Takahata's last work question Could mark be. we don't really know Could be. Um, but you know here toward the end of his career compare Kaguya Hime to Grave of the Fireflies you know at the start of his career and how has how has his voice as a director changed how has his artistic style changed because then then you kind of force your students to watch some of Takahata's other movies if they want to be really extensive uh, or Another thing could be, you know, Kaguya Hime has very classic Japanese folktales in it told in a, I would say, very truthful manner to the original. It's not like an adaptation where, you know, it's the far future and we call these machines bamboo and we find yeah. a baby <laughs> in the machine bamboo. Whoa. Like, like there's none of that. It, it's literally very truthful. So you're saying he's not taking liberties with the, right, with right. the original folktales writing. And so maybe, okay. maybe have an essay on how those folktales resonate with modern day audiences in Japan. And that would be kind of a cultural side of or it. Or make them write a script for that show that you were just pitching. Right. About <laughs> there are giant robots <laughs> there called, are giant the <laughs> called the bamboo. Called the bamboo. like, what? <laughs> okay, so there's one more note I want to get to before we head to our news break. We have a we have a pretty busy episode. So we are getting we're gearing up for our next anime Oscars award show. Where we honor the best anime of different categories from the prior year. And the guy across the uh, the hall who uh, lives across in the apartment just saw us and he's waving. <laughs> Hello, sir. How are you? It's a different guy this time. They're all going to be out here staring at us in a minute. <laughs> the uh, whole family just yeah. comes out. Yeah, they pull we out the couch. Slowly pull the <laughs> curtains close. Actually, no. We should we should write on a piece of paper and tape it to the thing, the URL. So <laughs> we're doing the Anime Oscars Award Show, and the the nominees for the different categories have been selected by your AAA podcast crew and hosts from a variety of other anime podcasts. And those podcasts which I invited to participate are Anime Cafe, Annie Vision, 
Otaku Spirit, and Anime 3000. So we are currently collecting nominees from the different categories for the voting. And the nominee and the categories this time around are Best Original Series, in other words, there's no prior source material, uh, Best Action Adventure Anime, Best Romance Anime, Best Drama, Best Slice of Life, Best Comedy, Best Sports, Best Mecha, Best Actress and Actor, so that's not necessarily the best voice actress or actor, but just the best female and male characters. Also, best original, but best score, best animation, the worst of two th- of of the year, or still dubbed the Pooper Scooper Award, mm-hmm. and then of course the best anime, the overall winner. So Pooper Scooper Award. By the time this podcast releases live on iTunes, you will be able to go to our website and start voting for this. And we'll probably be voting for uh, for a month or so, and then we'll have the award show. But um, we had more. We had be- we had a lot more uh, solid anime this year than you might think. And I think that hopefully these this these nominations that are being made by all these different anime podcasts will sort of corral the best of the best in each category into a group, so you can see what the best are. So that's uh, yeah. There were to let you guys there know. were definitely some uh, some anime that came out this year that. Maybe uh, we might not have thought would have been very good, but turned out to be. I agree. Know, very good, I so agree. I'm interested to see who wins. Yeah. Okay, guys. So when we come back, we will be having an update on how Mitsugi's doing on oh, his geez. muscle relaxer. Wow. And we will also be having a slightly less important. We we will be having a rundown of our anime selections for the winter 2015 anime season. Which anime will we be selecting to watch for oh you? And um, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then we're going to take another news break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to be doing a review on Knights of Sidonia, or Shidonia no Kishi. And we'll be back after the news break. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, for those of you who are hardcore fans of the anime Idolmaster and you want everyone else to know exactly where your anime loyalties lie, there is a t-shirt now out just for you. It comes from Cospa, and they are full graphic t-shirts, each featuring different characters from Idolmaster. There's five in total, so you could have one for every day of the week or every day of that con that you're planning to go to this year. Each tea sells for 6,480 yen, which is just under 55 US dollars, making a complete set a little pricey, but totally worth it for the absolute fan. In other news, the live-action film adaptation of the manga and 2010 anime Princess Jellyfish has been released in theaters across Japan on December 27th. Now, if you're not one of the lucky few who currently live in Japan and can see this whenever you can get to your local theater, you might be waiting online tirelessly for any updates and news. If that's the case, your waiting is paying off as there are two new TV spots that have aired in Japan and been posted on YouTube. One is a Cinderella version promo and the other one's a story version. However, that's about all for now as there's no news on when the film will have a DVD or Blu-ray release. And while you're on YouTube, there's more live-action anime that you can look up. Avex Entertainment has begun streaming a making of video as well as a home video release trailer for the 2014 Loop on the Third live action film. 
The film will be released on Blu-ray and DVD in Japan on February 18th, with more behind-the-scenes interviews and other special features. In other news, if you have been a longtime fan of the Japanese music scene, well, there's been an announcement made from the Twitter account of Takanori Nishikawa, who is the singer also known as TM Revolution, or Takanori Makes Revolution, that might please you. He has announced just after New Year's that he will release his 10th original album, which will be the first in four years. Now, there is no title, but the release date is slated for March 25th. His nationwide tour, TMR Live Revolution 15, will start in April and will span over 47 Japanese prefectures in five months before ending in September. The tour will be featuring songs from this new album. And finally, for those of you who ushered in the new year as the 2015 year with Attack on Titan Season 2, well, I have some bad news. It's recently been leaked by voice actors of the popular anime and confirmed by the director at the premiere of the Attack on Titan Crimson Bow and Arrow that there are delays in Season 2 of Attack on Titan that will push the release into 2015. The exact reason for the delay is unknown, but some speculate it could be in part waiting for the manga. However, 2015 will still hold Attack on Titan goodness, with the live-action Attack on Titan film being released. This is Shiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Mitsugi, I miss Japan. Me too. What do you miss most? Hmm, that's tough. I love the onsen, and there's nothing like that here in America. Also, I loved getting around on trains, but... Oh, I know. I'd miss the convenience stores. Oh? There's nothing like them here in America, all the wacky things you can find. Anime gummies, strange crackers, Kit Kats flavored like green tea. I even saw Cheetos flavored like Mountain Dew. What? Ew. Were they good? I don't know. I never got to try them, and now I never will. You know, now that you mention it, I think JList.com sent out some on their snack subscription a while back. Snack subscription? I joined to give me that little taste of Japan. Every month, they send you a random selection of Japanese snacks. It can be hit or miss on taste, but it's always fun to open your mailbox and see what you got. I miss the Japanese convenience stores, but hey, it's a little flavor of my Japanese adventures. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. JList.com, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You can set it up as airmail or EMS. You can even buy it as a gift for someone else if you want. But you don't get to choose your own snacks? Well, no. Not as part of the snack subscription. It's a random grab. And hey, I think that's more fun. But if you want your pick, JList.com has dozens of snacks you can choose from and order a la carte. They're always getting more, so if you're craving something special, you never know if it'll come up. That settles it. I'll go to JList.com today. It's been way too long since I've eaten something octopus-flavored. And we're back with episode 258 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. My name is Mitsugi, and I am still alive. Still kicking. <laughs> he hasn't melted into his chair yet. I haven't died. I haven't melted. I haven't fallen asleep. I'm uh, doing well. Drugs are not bad for you. <laughs> Sometimes they actually have a medical purpose. Look at that. 
Anyway, so speaking of drugs, why don't we talk about the <laughs> anime crack that is the fall, or the rather the winter, winter 2015 season? Wow, 2015. It's so weird to say that. Isn't it? Yeah. We're back to the future. Isn't it? Gotta get my hoverboard. I'm almost yeah. I'm almost 30. Wow. How sad. Yep, and I'm almost 21 again. Yeah, you're going backwards? I, no, I just keep turning 21. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Shit, how do I do that? <laughs> you just lie. So, uh, <laughs> welcome back to the live audience. I see that changing our time to an afternoon is uh, causing our audience to swell by about 40% more than usual, which Woo! is quite awesome. So, that's, that's sweet. Uh, welcome Stay to the show. Stay with us. So... The way that we pick our animes, and I'll explain it for those of you that are new, um, we pick our animes for each season by, by we each rank our number one through number 15 anime that we think we want to watch. And we base that off of, off of the, sub, the summary description, the uh, various trailers and such and so forth. And then after we make our lists, we roll dice and we to determine who gets to pick first. And then you pick first, and then we just do a draft throughout out so you know we just take we I pick my first one and then Kazuo picks his first one and if we had the same first one he goes then he goes down to his second one and so forth and um, typically the person that ends up having to go the furthest into their list you know gets screwed and I think this time it was Chiaki like which screwed. is not normally me so it's almost always me Almost always. You know, I'll I'll take one for the team because there was a happy accident. My my last pick ended up being a happy accident. I'm so jealous. And that was like my <laughs> sixth pick. Somehow I didn't get it. So yeah. So I think we we're gonna go through these starting with our least desirable anime and work our way up to the top. So um, for those of you that don't know, the winter season I think starts about January seventh or eighth. Uh, most of the anime start between the 7th and the 10th of January, I think. So um, I'm opening up the uh, the document here that has my picks on it. Uh, you know, as for everything, we have a Google document for this. You know, not surprising. So many Google documents. Let's see. Chiaki had to go all the way to number 12 yes. to get all of her shows. That's brutal. Uh, I only had to go to number 7, so I obviously won this this battle. Ooh, how far did I go? Uh, you had to go to number 10, well. so that was a little rough for you as well. But, I um, win. Yeah, I think after maybe 8, I just threw random ones you in there. You just gave up? I was like, uh, whatever. I'll just throw these all in here. <laughs> so my number, my number my number 5 anime, because I forgot to mention that we pick 5 apiece, 5 per person, mm -hmm. is an anime called Isuka. And the description of this anime, uh, first of all, it's done by uh, director Akira Iwanaga, who basically the only thing I saw that he's done as a director before was Tegami uh, Bachi or Letter B. You guys might remember that anime that came out. Oh, yeah, I remember Letter B. came out like three, four years ago-ish. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's done by Studio Arms. The plot synopsis is Asano begins working as a housekeeper for the old family of Shimazu, where he meets an ill-mannered, selfish, beautiful Sak uh, Sakaya. She is actually the 37th head of the Shimazu family in charge of sealing away monsters with spirit archery. Uh, discovering that he has the powers of quote-unquote true names and true eyes, Asano becomes wrapped in, the Sakaya's, in Sakaya's battle with the monsters as her assistant. So, it sounds like... Uh, it it sounds a little episodic. I think I think maybe I could easily see an anime where they kind of take on another monster every episode, but um, I anticipate action from the show, so I'm looking forward to having some action there. 
Um, that was number seven overall on my list, and um, I'm I'm hesitantly optimistic about it. I think um, you know I'm down for some action and some some fantasy elements in, in that anime. So so uh, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. That an- fortunately, didn't have to go that deep into your list. No, I didn't. And that's and that anime again is called Isuka. I S U C A. So, which one of you lucky people is going next? I'll go next. All right. Um, so the fifth anime that I have here is Kantai Collection. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Kanzo, did you know that I tried to pick this like two seasons ago and it never came out? Really? That's interesting. Well, let's well, see if it does. Let's, yeah, let's see if it comes out this season. Now, uh, Kantai Collection is based off of an online card game. God help you. And if we've learned anything <laughs> about online card games in recent history is that they are often amazing. Actually, right? it was... Right? I, no? I'd say solidly <laughs> mediocre <laughs> is uh. more of a appropriate... So the the anime version of this online card game, uh, the plot summary we have here on good old Wikipedia. I says, love Wikipedia. Don't you love it? It's a, it's it's an, it's entirely legitimate as an academic source. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it says here, uh, so television series has been announced for January 2015. The series... Oh, sorry. Uh, well, it it was saying that the series uh, will be... Do, 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 where was it? Oh, the storyline will be based on a feature of the character Fubuki as oh, the main Fubuki. character. And it'll be, uh, it'll be based on I her point of view. I love her. D- what? <laughs> you know who She's that is? She's just awesome. So the actual... <laughs> so the plot summary reads, <laughs> whilst the original game does not have a particular storyline and Uh-oh. largely focuses on gameplay... Each of the official media works feature various settings with separate and different can- differing canons. Uh, not only do the stories differ, but also the depictions that and interpretations of fleet girls and the manner in which they engage in combat. Kazuo, do you remember the anime Arpeggio Blue Steel? This is why I was saying Abunai. Interesting. No, I don't. Abunai I, no yats. I haven't seen that one, but uh, well, from watching the the PV, I mean it. So. For those that have seen the PV, or for those that haven't, I should say, it's basically there are like these uh, World War II-esque planes flying over the ocean, and then you see these girls kind of slide in on top of the water on some kind of like, uh, I don't know, what like steampunk devices, and they shoot bow and arrows, and the arrows turn into planes, and I mean, it doesn't look bad, and there's like oh. a sea monster, and so... It, Hey Chiaki, <laughs> hey Chiaki, I will not have you dragging this, dragging us I'm down sorry, today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like the music in the PV at least. The music was pretty good. The music uh, was pretty good. Yeah. So I'm, as you are with your fifth anime, I'm cautiously optimistic in a way. I mean, you know, Shingeki no Bahama Genesis is based off a card game, and when we were all picking that, there was a lot of uh, doubt about it, and it turned out to be pretty good. So who knows? Maybe maybe I'm on a roll. I saw a comment. I saw a comment from the live audience. Is it battleshipping? Battleshipping? Yeah, because you know these girls are like the anthropomorphic embodiments of battleships. Right. And uh, that's what Arpeggio Blue Steel pretty much was. Oh boy. We gave it. We gave that anime a hell of a lot of shit. But I Didn't also get the Pooper Scooper Award last I, year. I don't remember. No, no, it was um, <laughs> good lord. It was nominated for Pooper Scooper, though. It was that one anime where the boys were like, it was a, it was a, it was a reverse harem, and they were really like abusive of that one girl. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Diabolic Lovers. Diabolic D- Lovers, I think, got Pooper Scooper. You know what I didn't mention here is the director. Oh, he looks oh. like a winner. He looks <laughs> like a winner. It's directed by Kusakawa Keizo, and some of his notable works are. Oh, should I, should I make a sound effect for each of these? Uh, sure. Okay. Asura crying. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a short sound effect. Uh, dog days. <laughs> One of your personal favorites, Ikitosin. <laughs> and uh, Moho Shoujo Lyrical Nanaha. He's he's worked on quite a bit of garbage. Okay, but well, he's worked on quite a bit nonetheless. So hey, you never who know. Who knows? This could be the diamond in the rough. This could be the one that you know really. I, we all thought Shingeki Bahamut was going to be shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. you all thought. I right. believe. Right, you guys, you guys, we've got to move on. Okay, we're going to get these done. All right. It's not your fault. My fault, probably. My the my next one was my number 12 pick. Oh, my God. So it was the furthest down the list, and much like Kazuo, I just started putting in random things, and I'm dubbing this a very happy accident. It's Binan Koko Chikyu Boebu Dove. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm not going to translate that on the, the top of my head. But the plot is the story centers on five students in the Boyabu Defense Club, a.k.a. a club to do nothing at Binan High School involving b- the battle between the two mysterious creatures that came from outer space. They have to fight against the Sehuku Conquest Club or the Student Council as the successors to the throne battle lovers. So... I started watching the PV for this show, and oh my god, I'm so excited. This is Magical Boys. This is Magical Boys, the anime. Like, they spin around, and they kiss, like, <laughs> wrist lockets, and they have, like, foo-foo things in their magical transformations, she, she, and they have wands that they have moves that they fight with, and, like, they are in onsen. There's something about an onsen with this, and there's a magical, there's a magical wombat. Like a magical wombat appears in the bathtub I, and is like, you're going to be a magical boy. And they're like, cool. You literally, at the exact same moment, you at the exact same moment that you said magical boys, Nomzi in the live audience literally just screamed magical boys in text. <laughs> I, I got to be honest, Chucky, I am super jealous that you got this show. You know, I've actually, I at first I was like, what is this shit, whatever. But then when I actually started watching the PVs, I was like, oh my God. It's, and then in the trailers, they're like, let's make love or <laughs> love making. Love making. Love making. Love making. And, and oh, I'm like, that's so awesome. And I, and I have that moment where I'm just like, love making. I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. This <laughs> show but is going to be lo- so good. <laughs> love making, also known as Dabu Dabu Time. Dabu Dabu. Sekushi Time. It, it is produced by Dio Media, who is actually doing. Um, whatever anime you just spoke about Kazuo that I forgot Kantai collection yes and uh so I guess they're busy and the director is Shinji Takamatsu and he was the director for oh let's see what has he done Danshi Kokusei no Nichijo he was the director for Ganban Kaleidoscope for Gintama uh, I think that was the biggest thing to his name okay so he's he's worked on a fair bit of things but I'm I I hope that this is a glorious piece of shit. <laughs> That's wow. what I'm hoping for. Okay, it sounds sounds like it's in the same vein as that Odenshi uh, no uh, Fudo Jijo, that Mermaid Man anime. I think so. it's going to be way better. Okay, I think so, too. so my number, my next anime on the list here was actually my number six pick. Um, it's an anime that somehow I think is probably going to be really anticipated. I've heard people talking about it already, and that's Ansatsu Kyoshitsu, or Assassination Classroom. It's uh, one reason why I think it's probably anticipated is that it's done by director Seiji Kishi, who seems to have an anime that comes out every six months, maybe. 
He's done a ridiculous amount of directing. He's done Angel Beats. He did Arpeggio Blue Steel, which we mentioned just a few minutes ago. He's also done... He did uh, Kamisama Dolls, Persona 4 The Animation, Devil Survivor, and others. So he's definitely a well-traveled uh, director that people probably have, probably have his own following. The The studio is uh, Studio Lerche, who did who hasn't done all that much, but they did Danganronpa and Hamatora. And I haven't seen Danganronpa, but for some reason, when I hear Assassination Classroom, I immediately thought of that. I said Danganronpa. Yeah, well, did they kill it? Was it a classroom where they killed each other? It was a game where they killed each other. Mm. Okay, well. Anyway, so the plot summary is that one day the moon exploded, leaving it in a... Wait, Majora's Mask? <laughs> Not quite. Leaving it in a perpetual crescent wait, wait, that moon episode shape. of Dragon Ball Z? Nope. Not <laughs> when Piccolo nope. blew up the moon? Nope. Oh, also okay. close. <laughs> leaving it in a perpetual crescent moon shape, the creature who claims responsibility for the destruction also claims it will destroy the world in March of next year. With powers beyond human comprehension, no military can stand against it, yet for some reason it chooses to take up occupancy as the teacher in the worst class of uh, Kunugigaoka Middle School. The fate of the world rests in the hands of its students as they have until graduation to figure out how to murder their teacher and collect 10 billion yen for saving the world. Now, I'm watching the PV right now, and, their te- and the teacher looks like an idiot. He, <laughs> he looks like a giant yellow alien with a giant dumb smiley face so immediately this is not the Mitsugi anime that you would normally expect and then everybody in the classroom just starts pulling out machine guns and firing at him and I guess they can't kill him and uh, he has like a stupid like grad- like professor's cap and gown on I don't it seems kind of goofy but um, I don't know it's Seiji Kishi you just never know right yeah I think it looks nice. It's got uh, the art style is kind of nice. It's, it, the art style reminds me a little bit of uh, of um, Attack on Titan. It looks like it has like a little bit of thicker black lines around the characters than you'd normally see. So may, the, the character designs are different, but I think that that little artistic flair might be similar. Um, I don't know what to think about this anime. Uh, I know it's anticipated, so I wanted to make sure some one of us picked it. Um, Assassination Classroom it might be could be interesting. Could be interesting. Okay. Doesn't sound that bad. No, it's going to be full of trying to kill your professor. Yeah, which is perfect and for some who people. Who doesn't love that? Nah, some people uh. would definitely love it. <laughs> so my number four pick was uh, boy. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Okay. What is it? Exactly. No, this was this was your number six. Well, I mean, like top okay. five. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. we ended up with gotcha. number four is Senai Heroin no. Soda Tecata. You're pretty good at that. Which loosely translated means how to raise a boring girlfriend. Where did you learn how to pronounce Japanese, Kazuo? Um, my brain and <laughs> anime. Awesome. <laughs> so, God, well, how did I even get... This is what happens when you just randomly throw stuff on your list. <laughs> you know, I actually... I'm curious about this one because the animation looks pretty on it. it. The actual right. animated parts look really pretty when I watch the PV, but it... it yeah. yeah. Watching, <laughs> don't, don't watching st- I'm sorry. Don't stop him, Chucky. He's on a roll. Wa- watching the PV, if I could sum up the PV just in, do it. in just one word, or two words, I guess, it would be cherry blossoms. Oh, really? They're just throughout the entire PV, there's just cherry blossoms following the entire time f- for whatever reason. I guess they're trying to say, romance, look at how romantic this is. <laughs> look at how romantic this is. <laughs> That's weird <laughs> because <laughs> cherry blossoms are normally like a... 
a symbolism for the fleetingness of life and, and for nostalgia yeah. and times gone by. I guess. Um, so the plot summary here is a male otaku, Tomoya Aki, who works part time to earn money to buy anime, meets a beautiful girl one day during spring vacation. A month later, he finds out that the girl is his classmate, Megumi. Tomoya was told that she is hardly noticed by the other classmates. Tomoya, who also has no special skills or abilities, goes to Eriri Spencer Sawamura, a well-known member of the art club, to provide the art for the game, for the game, and to Utaha Kasumi Goaka, that seems about right, to write the game scenario, thus forming Blessing Software, and their goal is to sell the game at the next Comiket. So, last season I had an anime about making manga. You did. And mm-hmm. didn't I have an anime about making an anime? Yes, Shirobako. So this season, I've got an anime about making a game. Wow, you're just covering, you're covering this your insane? bases. This is incredible. So it's got to be awesome, right? Um, the director is, uh, what's his name? Kanta Kaime? Kame Kanta? Now, he's hasn't directed much. Um, there's a couple things in here I don't recognize. One I do is do recognize is Usagi Drop. He actually directed that. Oh, that's so, a good one. So he, you know, he has done some good stuff. So uh, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it. It has potential. It just has way more potential. I feel like for going in the crap. Zone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, who knows? They might do something that completely completely blows my mind, but that's not very likely from what I'm seeing. All right, my turn. Yep. Bring it on, Chiaki. So my next pick was my number 10 pick overall to give you an idea of how high I had this. And actually, I think if I looked more carefully, I would have probably put the Magical Boy anime higher. But the next one is Absolute Duo. The (laughs) plot synopsis is, after losing a loved one, Toru Kokone, uh, Kokonoe, enrolls at Koryo Academy. So to gain a blaze, a weapon that is his sole manifestation for the sake of revenge. He was expecting a weapon. What he got was a shield. How is he to seek revenge with something that isn't even a weapon? With like Captain, the way the Captain America does, quibbling such a bitch. I know, seriously, dude, get it together. Use your fists and stuff, (laughs) guys. So I started watching the PV, and the PV opens with like magical glyphs, some magical sword fighting kind of you know pretty pretty good little battle-y sequences and then we cut to the school and we start introducing all of the girls and the character designer for this anime i haven't looked up who committed this sin but literally (laughs) it looks like they drew like a triangle for the chest or like an off like rectangle like what is that a quadrilateral Mm -hmm. that you know tapers in and then literally just drew two circles for the boobs and said yeah, nice. That's, that's, that's realistic. That's boobs are. That's realistic. That's, that's what seems, boobs look seems like. Seems legit. Literally, that's how these characters look. And then at about, if you look up the PV for this, at around 50 seconds, you're in for a treat. As for no apparent reason, we have a slow pan of the girl in stockings with her t-shirt unbuttoned, pulling down her panties and pulling up her bra. So... Boy, that kind of... Hey, it sounds promising. And, uh... One of the one of the uh, genres for this is etchy, so I think <laughs> it's going to be exactly what it looks so, like. So, Chucky, what exactly? Let me ask you a question. What exactly do you, are you? What do you? What goes through your mind when you're looking at the anime and you say, "Hmm, genres etchy"? 
seems legit. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's called I finished all of the anime that I wanted to watch at number eight pick, and I just started sticking them. Well, you know what? That's what you get for just randomly picking. I okay? didn't randomly you pick. A, you have nobody to blame but yourself. It was shit after eight. Hey, you know, I said, I, I already three. said I will not have <laughs> you bringing me down today. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sitting here on my muscle relaxer, feeling all like nice. And you're yeah, over there you're spouting your venom. Harshing Jeez, is buzz. Please. I'm sorry. Uh, the studio is 8-bit. And I think up. everyone kind of knows what to expect now from Absolute Duo. So let me take a little bit of your etchy and pile a little bit of moe on top of it. All right. When you take etchy and you take moe, mm -hmm. what do you get? Porn? Uh, mechi? <laughs> I don't know. But um, I, 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 I actually don't think this next anime is etchy, but it is, and surprising for most people in, that are watching live, and by the way, we are uh, approaching the record live audience total. Oh, snap. I shall let you know if we get there. Uh, Idol Master Cinderella Girls, Mitsugi's third pick. Hey, you know what? This Idol Master has become like a phenomenon in Japan. You you can't go anywhere without seeing like some kind of merchandise. If you go to 7-Eleven, you will definitely see s at least two or three items of Idol Master food or Idol Master drinks or candies. They're there. Card games. Oh, it's it's it, it, it's it's blowing up in the way that you know One Piece has blown up. Not to that extent, but in the same vein. Um, Idol Master is directed by a woman uh, who, and I say that because there's not many of them, director uh, uh, Noriko Takao, and she hasn't done really anything that I saw that's uh, actual directing, um, but uh, she it's done by A1 Pictures. The Idol Master Cinderella Girls, it's a, it is a cell phone game that was uh, released... Um, in November of 2011 and for iOS and Android devices in, uh, at, towards the end of 2011. It features a card battle system of over 100 additional idols, including three idols from uh, something called 765 Pro. And by the way, this is from Wikipedia, once again. And in, 2000, in, in September 2012, the Nikkei Shinboom reported that Cinderella Girls earned over 1 billion yen in uh, monthly revenue. you got to put your pinky to the side of your mouth when you say that. 1 billion. There we go. Yen. <laughs> Which is much less than it used to be, by the way. We've, we've already had that discussion. Um, no, but seriously, that's something like a billion yen would be... I don't know. What is that like? They're saying it has something somewhere in the in the ballpark of a hundred million dollars a year in revenue from the game, which is a shit ton, by the way. Um, the second social network game, Idol Master Million Live, was released later. Blah 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 blah. Like like uh, like Cinderella. Um, so it's basically an anime based on a cell phone game, a cell phone card game that has a lot of cute girls in it. I picked this because of the influential nature of the game in Japan, much like the way that I picked that last girl anime. What was that called? Crap, I can't even remember. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Last season, there was an anime that had cute girls in it, and I picked up that one, too, because I figure we should at least cover the popular stuff. Oh, wasn't it called Girlfriend? Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Girlfriend <laughs> Beta. Cutting. So this is probably even arguably bigger than that. So, and uh, this is like, this is the second or maybe even the third Idol Master anime. So, so um, if you like idols and you like cute masters. girls and you like masters... <laughs> Idol Master Cinderella Girls coming your way. All right. Brother. <laughs>
And uh, to go in the complete opposite direction. Well, not really, actually. Because this one is yeah. also based off of a game. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> this is the third one now. <laughs> this is my third one. <laughs> Sengoku Musuo. Sengoku Musou. Which uh, I believe is based off of those uh, Sengoku whatever Dynasty games. Warriors? Dynasty Warrior games, yeah. Except Dynasty Warriors, it's the Samurai Warriors, right? Right, 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 right. Samurai Warriors. Basically Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. The same shit. So uh, let's see here. The plot summary here says, uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi is on the verge of unifying the realm, and all that remains is the Odawara Castle, protected by the Lion of Sagami. Uh, Hideyoshi's personally trained generals, and then it lists all their names, which I'm not going to try to pronounce, are all on the front line of battle. <laughs> oh, come on now. Dude, there's... Okay, you want me to read these Ishida names? Ishida Mitsunari, Kato Kiyomasa, and Fukushima Masanori. As well as... As well as Otani Yoshitsugu, uh, Shima Sakon. <laughs> there's so and, many of them. <laughs> and Naoe Kanetsugu. All right, are you happy now? <laughs> I am happy. They're all on the front line of battle. Amidst the battle... In formation are the two young warriors of the Sonata household, older, older brother Nobuyuki and younger brother Yukimura. As the stalemate begins to break down, Sonata Yukimura rides on, the lo- on a lone horse into the fray. His brother follows him right after. Don't worry, he'll use like his superpower and wipe out like 60 people in one minute. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's Samurai Warriors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, watching the trailer, the PV, it um, was basically just all battle scenes and... Um, Animation wasn't that good, but um, yeah, it's it reminds me a lot of the game where it's just a whole bunch of battles and a bunch of names that you're probably not going to be able to remember who's who, and then that's kind of it. So, um, see, the director is Kojin Ochi, who the only thing of merit that I've seen him uh, seen of him that he's worked on. Oh, it's a short resume. Yeah, is that he worked a lot on Cased Clothes. It says here it was the director after from episode 505 onwards. So did some case closed. Other than that, nothing really of merit. So Episode 505 onwards. Yeah. Good how many, how many episodes heaven. of case closed are there? I don't there? know. Click click on the link and oh, we'll find out. Let's see. It's, a, it's a magical mystery. Let's it's find a magical out mystery that can be solved by clicking the I'm going to say 630. Uh, you, uh, well, keep going. Oh, scroll scroll down. Scrolly scroll with scroll. the scroll button. You got to scroll past the 700 OVAs. 766. Holy shit. Yeah, that's so a, he's done too many. He's directed quite a few episodes of Case Closed. Um yeah, I'm not particularly excited about this. Uh, you know, the Samurai Warriors or Dynasty Warrior games never really interested me and um I don't think they've ever been really that well, big over in the states at least. So. Kazu, as I pat you on the back, welcome to the 137th anime based on the Sengoku <laughs> period. I, I know. Welcome so, to the club. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? They might have an interesting story, but I kind of doubt it at this point. It's probably just going to be a bunch of random battles. Okay. Chiaki. All right. So I am super excited for my next anime. It was my number five pick. I'm and like I super excited and stuff. Oh, my God. Guys. Oh, my God. You guys. Like, so, like... This next anime is is <laughs> like I think it's gonna be like the Stop. sleeper Stop it. I can't anime take it. of this season. Seriously. So like, I mean, yeah, I think you guys <laughs> should totally watch it. Jeez. <laughs> you want me to go to California? Welcome girl, to the you. Valley Girl <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Anime Girl Valley podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm falling apart. Oh, that just happened. Okay. Anyways, so this anime was my number five pick overall, and it's 
Kohuku Graffiti. And the plot synopsis is, the story follows Ryo, a middle school girl who lives by herself. She has a knack for cooking and makes friendships with everyone through her food. The cooking manga is full of detailed cuisine art to uh, to whet the appetite and slightly erotic meal scenes. Oh, snap. The Kohuku Wait a second. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> say that. Say it slower, please. <laughs> slightly erotic <laughs> meal scenes. And slightly erotic <laughs> meal scenes. Is there any chance that when you're watching a slightly erotic meal scene, you'll just want to take all your clothes off? Depends on how hungry I am. <laughs> Where did my panties go? Oh, jeez. The kohuku in the title is a wordplay on two Japanese homonyms, one which means happiness and another which means appetite. The PV for this I was a little worried about because mm-hmm. it focused a lot on the characters and not a lot on the food, but it is based on a manga that started in 2012, and I'm just really hoping for food porn the anime. That's what I want. I just want an anime that's like someone in the kitchen the whole time, and they're just like, and here's beautiful pictures of food. And I feel like that's what that's going to give us. So I'm totally fingers crossed on this. And it is being produced by Studio Shaft. <laughs> Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Shaft. Nice. He's one bad nice. mother. Yeah, you damn right. supposed to say, shut your mouth. Shut, shut, shut your mouth. Hey, I'm just talking about Shaft. Okay, so uh, I got to keep this rolling. Uh, the, my next anime, which was number... Two, um, I, I put it number two on the list, and it's also my number two anime, meaning that I got each of my top two picks watching, except after watching the PV a little more carefully, I think this anime looks like crap. Um, <laughs> it's called Yoru no, ya- Yoru no Yataman, or uh, Yatterman of the Night. or I don't know what the English title is going to be, but it's Yoru no, Yatter, no y- y- Yatterman. Directed by Yoshihara Tatsuya, who did Arv Rezel, and, direct, and it's done by Studio Tatsunoko Productions. Uh, in a remote land, there was a girl who gazed beyond the ocean. The land was Yatterman Kingdom. It is said that it is a heavenly land controlled by the Yatterman, the allies of justice. In order to save her sick mother, the girl attempt, uh, attempted to land in Yatterman Kingdom to ask for help. However, she was turned away, and her mother passed away without anyone giving her charity. Uh, one of the bands of great thieves, there was a beautiful girl named uh, Doronjo working under a boss named Dokurebe. Her, her lackeys were two men named, oh, those are really crazy names that aren't Japanese, Boy Boyaki and Tonzuda, and Donoro Fight to fight with the other man and within the fray the team is banished to a remote land wow that was awful um <laughs> so mm-hmm. i watched this pv a bunch of times and i gotta say that it's one of the most chaotic incomprehensible trailers i've ever seen <laughs> i mean it goes from like people shooting guns to people sailing on the ocean to little girls crying to pigs munching on like food to people dressed in superhero outfits Hey, we already had Jesus. a wombat that made magical boys this season, so I'm still, you never I'm know still hurt that I didn't get that show. You can watch it Same. with me. It cuts me deep. You can watch it with me. Okay, I will. We can watch it together. <laughs> I I don't know what to say about this anime. I know it's number two. I'm going to cover it, but God, the PV just looks terrible. I mean, unbelievable. Not only that, it's about 33 seconds long, which doesn't help anybody. Hmm. And um, I don't know. That trailer seemed a little ridiculous. So, looking at the chat here, um, Codename Sailor B asks, "Isn't this show for kids?" How that? Uh, I don't. Th- Is it? The trailer didn't look like didn't look like it was all that kiddie. 
I mean, it had people shooting guns, and little little kids crying. I don't, I don't. You know what? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I, have no I don't idea. know what I don't know what kids watch these days. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Old man meets again. I actually don't know what kids watch these days. So these damn whippersnappers <laughs> with their hippity hop mm. music. So um, that's Yoda no Yatter no Yatter Man. I know nothing about it. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything positive to say about it because I don't know. I'm not too excited, but uh, maybe I'll be wrong. We'll find, out in a, we'll find out in three weeks. You gotta believe. Believe in yourself. You know what I believe in? What? I believe in my next anime. My number two. Oh, yeah? Rolling Girls. Rolling Girls. Rolling Girls. Which, um, so a plot summary for Rolling Girls is 10 years after the Great Tokyo War, each prefecture in Japan has split up into independent nations. Each nation is ruled by, ruled by a prophet called Mosa and an army called Mob. As they start to compete to take over other countries, four mob girls from the Saitama clan, Nozomi, Yukina, Ai, and Chia, Chi, I'm sorry, Chiaya, are ordered by their Mosa to travel around Japan riding their motorcycles to mediate multiple battles between nations and clans as they emerge. So, um, watch the PV on this, and I gotta say, it looks pretty good. It, it was a colorful, interesting yeah, PV. Yeah, very colorful. Um, I like the fluidity of the animation. So um, unlike the PV that I just watched for Yatterman, that looked like they ran out of colored pencils. <laughs> it was all gray. It was like black and white. It was <laughs> awful. Yeah, no, it looked it looks good. Um, you know, it's a, another one of those animes about like a post Great War Japan kind of scenario. So um, I, I think it could be interesting. The director is uh, Kotomi D A I. I don't even know how to pronounce that. It's like three vowels after a D. <laughs> but um, Dei? Dei, yeah. Dei, okay, cool. Um, and the only thing, they worked on a bunch of different things, but as far as like directing work, um, they did season two of Gin no Saji. Oh. So, okay. you know, and then they did a bunch, they worked on the, f- the first season as well, but as a AD and storyboard and things like that. Gin no Saji's quality stuff. Yeah, so, you know, uh, the trailer looked good. Um, the director is, it's a quality director. The synopsis of it is, Eh, it could be good. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm feeling pretty feel, pretty feeling pretty good about this one. Did you mention the studio? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's it's see. Wit Studio. I'm looking at it right here. Wit Studio. Wit. Okay, what have they worked on? Uh, Attack on Titan. Huh? Hozuki no Dei Tetsu are the big ones. Okay. So, but uh, their list of credits isn't isn't very isn't particularly huge. So, but that's those are the biggies so far. Okay, so some good stuff. Yeah. Okay, Hozuki I mean, was a. Had an interesting artistic flair. Yeah. So maybe this anime will have uh, something special to offer in that regard. Yeah, I mean, you've got the director from Gin no Saji and, you know, a studio that is known to make some pretty good-looking anime. I think it, it could be good. It could be. All right, Chiaki. All right, my next one was my number three pick overall, and it is Dudadada X2 Shoal. So this is the start of the second season of Dudadada, and it's going to be a two-core, so... This is the first core of the second season, so it'll. We already know it's going to continue to twenty-four episodes, um, and it takes place a year, a half year after the first series at Tokyo's Ikebukuro neighborhood, and the first part show is also translated as understanding, and that's about all. So if you liked the first do da 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 you will probably like this. And I'm going to see how this goes because I actually haven't watched the whole first Dudadada. So 
You realize you might have no idea what in the hell is happening, right? You know, we'll see. We'll see if this is like a Mushishi round two or if this is like, well, Space well, Dandy round two. You could have easily picked up halfway, but... From what I know of Dudadada, it's mostly like a... There's a lot of fighting and stuff going on, so I imagine the plot line's not all that thick. So. Yeah, I, I figure... I watched over Kimiko's shoulder back in the day when she was watching it. Maybe I can convince her to... Uh, to give me the cliff notes again. Okay, so my... I, oh, I'm sorry. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so my number one anime here is a total random hope shot in the dark. Oh, boy. Well, I, I had a poll. You know, I, I thought it looked interesting, and then, and then we have a poll up on the website for what is your most anticipated anime of the fall. Mm-hmm. And um, this was in the poll, and it has z- approximately zero votes. Oh. So... Wow. <laughs> maybe it's going to suck. Don't really Ooh. know. Um, the anime is called Junketsu no Maria. Or in English, that would be Junketsu no Maria. There's no English title yet. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's done by director this Tani. This was your number one? It was. Have you watched the PV? Uh, I did. Oh. Are you on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, technically I am. I am on a master muscle relaxer, and I'm feeling a little more relaxed than usual, but not terrible. You're going to have to take that muscle relaxer when you watch this show. Maybe I will. <laughs> so uh, it's by director Taniguchi Goro, who directed, who has some pretty good stuff under his belt depending on who you are I think pretty much everybody likes the anime Planetess which is a very qual- high quality um, also Code Geass both seasons he did that and oh, wow. um, some people love that anime some people hate it um, I thought it was pretty good oh I'm sorry to interrupt someone in the chat just corrected me and said it's going to be a three core show I don't know if the they're counting Dudadada overall or just the second season but just as a note so I don't get okay. hate mail because okay. I know people love their doodada. No, no, no. When you when, no, I get all the hate mail, regardless <laughs> of who says it. It's always me. Um, and scry, uh, s cry ed scryed, which came out, which was on uh, Cartoon Network for a while. Oh yeah, Most I remember people, that. That anime is abysmal. But. <laughs> uh, the story follows uh, Maria, Maria, the ma- Maria. The most powerful witch who lives during the Hundred Years' War in France. She despises war, so she abs- so she obstructs battles with her strong magical powers. Her meddling with her succubus Artemis and incubus Priapos. Now we know why he picked it. Makes sense now. Well, her, the, the succubus <laughs> is named Artemis, which sounds an awful lot like a dude. Artemis was the f- was a female goddess of the hunt. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, bring it on then. Uh, caught the attention of the heavens, and so the archangel Michael issues an, an edict. When Maria loses her virginity, she will also lose her magical powers. A magical, a beautiful angel na- named Ezekiel is supposed to watch Maria and make sure the witch does not use magic in front of people, but Maria continues to use magic anyway. Um, I watched the trailer. I thought the character designs looked pleasant. Uh, I liked how I liked the I liked how they looked. I thought they thought it looked pretty nice. The art, the it looked like a it looked like a pretty anime. So um, I th- although I thought that there was a sizable potential for fan service in this show. Uh, on second thought, uh, after looking at it, M- one because there were a couple sp- shots in the trailer that looked like they were probably during a scene that was complete fan service, and also because she loses her powers when she loses her virginity, which makes it sound like there could be a lot of uh, close calls. How do I how do I put it? <laughs> how do I put it? How, how do you put Chicken, what? Did they touch our oh vagina? <laughs> so, and um, so let me ask you: If you had magical <laughs> powers, but you knew that once you lost your virginity, you would lose them, would you stay a virgin? 
Isn't that kind of what like Christianity kind of says <laughs> <laughs> in some ways? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, magical question. powers. I'd probably say uh, I'd rather keep my magical powers. The, I saw some dragons in the trailer. I thought it looked pretty cool. I don't know. It, it, for for a split moment, it reminded me of which of uh, what the hell is that called? I'm getting old. Um, Witch Academy or whatever the hell that was called. Uh-huh. Shit, I can't remember. I'm I'm an old man. <laughs> Uh, uh, Little Witch Academia is what it was called. Oh, okay. For a split moment, only a split moment, it reminded me of that. Because um, it was a cute girl riding around top of a broom and, you know, whatever. I don't know. It could be awful. It could be good. No I one voted. You, I can't believe you put that at number one. You know what? You know what? Just stop judging. <sighs> stop judging and talk to you. Talk about your number one anime. So my number one anime, which I also feel is the number one anime Psh, of the winter season. My number one anime is the number one anime well, it of the has, season. Uh, it has both the words Yuri and Kuma, which would be like a lesbian. It's not even my turn. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, oh, that's spoilers. Chiaki's. My number one anime. Sorry, Chiaki. Is Death Parade. <gasps> dun, so, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I know, people all were thinking that you were going to get this show for some reason. but Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But, um, but no, apparently you had other, uh, other ideas. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so Death Parade is, um, there was actually a short that came out in 2013 called Death Billiards, which um, this is kind of a sequel to, but not really. Um, Death Billiards was like a 25 minute short and it was about, you know, these people, they go into a bar and there's a bartender there with his assistant and they have to play a game of billiards or pool. And, um, but what ends up happening is that uh, they find out that the game is actually a game for their life. Uh, Similarly, Death Parade, the synopsis here on um, just the one on my an- anime list says, uh, Welcome to Gwe- Queen Dekim. Uh, what greets two unsuspecting guests is a strange bar, Queen Dekim, and the white haired bartender, Dekim. Uh, from here, you, you two shall begin a battle where your lives hang in the balance, he says, to introduce the death game. Before long, the guests' true nature become apparent. As a matter of course, at the game's end, Dakim is revealed to be the arbiter. Dakim's judgment on the two guests is dot dot dot. So we'll have to wait did, to find did out. Did they just spoil like? <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe at like, the game's eh. end. <laughs> I don't know. Probably is that not. like that trailer when when you see a trailer for a and movie coming out and like, you're like, oh well, okay. I guess I don't have so to go see the, the whole movie. movie. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's going to be an episode by episode thing. But um, watching the trailer, I mean, the animation looked really good. Uh, one thing I did mention, which I'm kind of tired of seeing, is the mysterious guy with white hair. It's like, all right, come on, guys, enough of that already. The the yeah. art, the art, the pe- the promo art looks a lot like Hamatora. I gotta mm. say, it really does. Hmm. But that's not to say that this is anything like Hamatora. I just think that the the promo art looks like it. Interesting. Well, the uh, studio that's uh, responsible for this art is um, it's Madhouse and Funimation. Oh. So, um, you know obviously very mainstream you know studios there so i'm sure the animation at least will be good sounds like a future anime convention favorite oh yeah and um you know the story looks interesting i watched the pv and there was a couple that um you know went into this bar and they ended up playing darts and i don't speak japanese so i couldn't completely understand what they were saying but from what i gathered um and what you guys helped me with was that uh yeah as they were playing it was a affecting their life so i saw in one scene the guy threw a dart hit the board and then the lady that he was with ended up like kind of falling over in pain 
Um, and then you see like flashbacks where it turns out they just got married and all this stuff. So it's like, uh-huh. a, it's, it seems like it's going to be a really kind of twisted psychological thing where you find out, you know, as they mentioned in Death Billiards, you kind of find out the true intentions and the true personalities of these people because they're put in the situation. So um, I'm really interested to watch it. As I said, I think it'll be a very uh, uh, interesting psychological kind of twisty and tormenty show. And uh, the animation quality looked really good as well. Um, the director is uh, Yuzuru Tachikawa, who um, worked pretty young. Yeah. Well, uh, he is young. He is, yeah. He worked on um, a few different things here. Let's see. He did some uh, some episodes of Bleach and uh, Arata Naru Sekai. Not familiar with that. Um, Cheese New Address. Did some work on that. Uh, oh, Cheese New Address. Death yeah. Billiards. Yeah. Death so billiards. He did, okay, so he did Cheese New Address, which is a, <laughs> a show about a cute kitten. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Death Billiards. But um, other than that, he's just done a bunch of like episode director and storyboard type work. So I think this is probably like his big break as a director. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see it. Well, I think it's going to be good. You'll be happy to know that even though we just put this poll up on our website mm-hmm. um, about the winner, about what your favorite show from the winter is, this anime has more votes than any of the others. That's right, it does. So, good job. Yeah. I know how to pick them. The except other, for all the others that I picked. The other one that has, <laughs> the other ones that have the most votes are Do Da Da Da, number season two, which Chiaki already mentioned, and also the one that Chiaki's about to announce. Yes. So why don't you go ahead? So, my number one pick. Oh, she's so excited. I'm so excited. My number one pick for anyone who watches the show and pays attention to the season should be no surprise is Yurikuma Arashi. And I am so excited. Jackie's so excited for this that her panties just blew right off her body. Where did my panties go? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I'm so excited for this is because it is the newest work from director Kunihiko Ikuhara. I love his picture. And this is the guy who created <laughs> none other than Revolutionary Girl Utena and Mawaru Penguin Drum. So two of my favorite shows of all time. Now he's doing another one. And I actually didn't even know that he was doing this one. But I was watching through the PVs and I clicked on this one and I went, oh my god, this looks like Mawaru Penguin Drum. This looks like more penguin oh drum. God. This looks like oh more penguin drum. Oh and God. then I quickly searched it. It was him. And I was so I'm excited. so excited, Chucky, that I, I'm just feeling tingly all over. And I think I think I just feel like I have to dance. Okay. Wow. I'm dancing. <laughs> okay, it's over. Cosmo <laughs> wow. was like, "Where am I? <laughs> was that the was that the muscle relaxer? No more drugs for you. Was that the muscle relaxer." <laughs> And uh, find out next episode what drugs meets you, you will be taking then. So I'm going to show why uh, Ikuhara is a badass by reading the plot synopsis, the longest, most in-depth synopsis for what is promises to be a show that is both mentally engaging, chock full of symbolism, and groundbreaking. The synopsis is, some time ago, the asteroid Kumaria exploded in the depths of space. The resulting fragments became a meteor shower that rained down on Earth, and for some reason, bears all over the world rose up and attacked humanity. In Man vs. Bear, the bears ate the humans and the humans shot the bears, resulting in a seemingly unending battle and cycle of hatred. What the hell? In the end, a giant (laughs) wall of extinction was erected between the humans and bears and a state of mutual non-aggression came to pass. 
the human world. One morning, Arashigoka Academy students, Kureha Tsubaki and Sumika Izumino, were by themselves and saw the Yuri flower that bloomed in a flower bed. The two are friends as well as lovers. The flower bed is an important place for the two. At that moment, the bear alarms ring out. The bears are invading the human world and the humans are being attacked. Are they really those bears? One mystery evokes yet another mystery, one after the other. And the curtain rises magnific- magnificently on Yuri Kuma Arashi. This plot summary is a mystery. <laughs> it's, described, it's described as an intellectual fantasy. No shit. All of his free <laughs> animes are intellectual fantasies. It They're sounds interesting for sure. And you know what? I'm actually really excited because I trust I trust um, Ikuhara to make a Yuri show that the Yuri isn't just a trope. Mm. Like the characters just happen to be lesbian, just like other characters just happen to be straight or mm. just happen to be bears. Who knows? Bears. I mean, <laughs> like you, you don't know. So I'm super excited for this sh- this show. It's being produced by Silverlink, and Silverlink did work on Dust Maiden of Amnesia, uh, Nyon Nyon Beauty, Fate uh, Kylet Liner Prisma Ilia Two Way, oh. <laughs> um, Girlfriend oh, Beta, girlfriend. and you're listing a less than stellar anim- uh, pile of animation. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but this is this is this is the studio making the artwork, right? So and Girlfriend was a good looking show right? the pv looks good the pv yeah, has sure. a really interesting style i can still see ikuhata's touch and i am super excited are you excited enough to dance if i play that song again no. um, <laughs> i don't don't I answer don't. that i wouldn't play it for you again anyway oh, oh. okay are we all are we done oh we have one more here we real do? quick i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say much about it but uh um Felix has selected. He only picked one anime um, for this season, and he picked Seiken Sky no Wado Breaku. What? <laughs> That's what it's called. Um, and this anime, if I can find it in here, the story is set in a. It's it's called it's called Seiken Sky no World Break. The story is set in a in a, in a private high school that brings together saviors, youths with awakened memories from past lives. Some of them are Shirogane, who fight enemies with weapons and techniques gleaned from the Purana powers from their own bodies. Others are Kuroma, who wipe out enemies with magic to manipulate the mana uh, powers that surpass physics. A boy named uh, Moroha Haimura enrolls in this school. He is the first person in history with past lives, both Shirogane and Kuroma. So it sounds like a high school anime with kid with students who have uh, fan, fan, fantastical powers. So, and that's that Felix selected that uh, anime for himself. So we'll be covering that one as well. Okay, so um, I also want to mention that this season, if if there's not a whole lot that 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 sounds like it grabbed you from this season, there are a lot of shows that we did that we didn't specifically announce that we were covering that are pretty high profile. Uh, most of the most of these are s- sequels from prior seasons, and these are probably the biggest shows of the season, such yeah. as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. It's, uh, the second half of that uh, probably has a huge number of people wanting to watch that. I'll know zero two. I'll know a zero two, which is also um, probably highly anticipated and is a quality show as well. You'll be happy to hear this, Mitsugi. What's that? I've been watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Have you? Oh yes. And we'll talk about that later. 
<laughs> I want to hear all about it. Oh, you will. The uh, Probably the biggest show of the season is the third season of Kuroko no Basuke. There's no way, on, on, in, there's no possible way in Earth that that anime is not the most watched anime this season. It will have half of Japan watching it. Fafner, Fafner has another season. Fafner, which I don't know a whole lot about. Yeah. And, and, and Tokyo Ghoul is another one. I was going to say, and a lot of really good uh, anime are carrying over from the last season, like Parasite. Like Parasite. Mm-hmm. Shigatsu Wakimino Uso. Log Horizon. And uh, Yomushi Petal. So a lot of the shows that you're probably going to be watching are shows that had started previously, but we wanted to select shows other than those. Well, of course, we're going to continue to watch those other animes that we, if we were watching them before, but um, we wanted to pick shows that you know were new. So that's why most of those were left out. Before we go on to the news break, let's all give a quick read of the anime we're going uh-huh. to cover. Oh, good idea. That way everyone kind of knows where we're at. Very right. well. Well, Felix is covering Seiken Sakai no, no World Break. I'm covering Isuka uh Assassination Classroom, Idol Master, Cinderella Girls, Yoru no Yatterman, and Junketsu no Maria. I am covering Kantai Collection, uh, Seinai Heroin no Sodate Kata, which is how to, was it, make a boring girlfriend? How to make, how to make your, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, Sengoku Muso, Rolling Girls, and Death Parade. Okay. And I will be watching Binan Koku Shikyu Boribu Love. Absolute Duo, Kokuhuku Graffiti, Durarara X2 Show, and Yuri Kuma Arashi. Okay. All right, guys. So um, we're going to take a news break. This ran a little long. Um, hopefully, we can still get a decent review of, of uh, Knights of Sidonia in. So when we come back, we're going to dive right into that anime and uh, stick around. Uh, we'll see you in a few minutes. you anime addicts, this is Shiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, the Animation Market Analysis Project of Japan's Media Development Research Institute, or MDRI, has released some good news regarding the market for domestic and foreign animation in Japan. They've announced that the market reached 242.8 billion yen, which is just over 2 billion US dollars, over the course of the year 2013. According to the Institute, this is a record high for the industry, topping 2006's 241.5 billion yen. The market has increased for the second year in a row, also good news, up by 4.2% from 2012. Now, it is important to note that these figures cover both Japanese animated works as well as foreign animated works that were sold or distributed within Japan. So this includes everything from Studio Ghibli to Frozen. The results include theatrical animation, home video sales, and rental for animation, television animation, and online distribution. So while it is a very large pool, it's still good to see that the market is increasing, and we can only hope that that translates over to studios as well. In other news that I am personally excited for, acclaimed anime director Makoto Shinkai, famous for Voices of a Distant Star, 5 centimeters per second, and most recently The Garden of Words, has self-reported on his blog that he is drawing storyboards for a new film. He commented that he wants to make a work that is more enjoyable, more beautiful, and more further beyond, I quote, 
any work that he has made so far. He plans to spend 2015 working only on this film. Now, other details are unknown, but he asks his fans to look forward to it. I know I will. With the New Year's end, it's time for everyone to come out with their best of lists. We're preparing ourselves for our anime Oscars and Japanese anime broadcasting station AT-X asked its viewers to determine the same. Viewers vote voted on the anime this past year and came up with a list of what the best anime were. Coming in at number one was Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. I was not expecting that. Number two is The Order a Rabbit and number three was Sword Art Online. You can find the full list from Japanese station AT-X online. And finally, for you cosplay junkies out there, the Animate Store chain is accepting pre-orders for something that may make your lives much easier. It's time to put away your Cardcaptor Sakura wands and get out your credit cards, because they are now accepting pre-orders for a 1 to 1 scale ceiling wand replica from Cardcaptor Sakura. Now it is expensive, it is 12,000 yen or just about 100 US dollars plus tax and it will ship in mid-June. Movic offered a replica earlier this year of die-cast zinc but it was only 6 inches long. So this will be a 1 to 1 scale for all of your cosplay needs. This was Chiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey there, listeners. My name is Ray. And I'm Luke. Together we are the, the Super, Super Hammered Brothers. Brothers. On our podcast, we talk about video games, anime, comics, and so much more. Hit a clip from one of our episodes. Okay, think about it. When you see the old Batman movies and they're like, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. Ten seconds later, I get into a custom, hey, I'm Batman. Same voice, same guy, and no one can put the two or two together. It drives me insane. For Christopher Nolan, he's like, hey, change the voice because you got to be different. So, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne to, hey, I'm Batman. You gotta, you gotta do something. It's stupid, but oh, yeah. if you want to oh, yeah. stay hidden and no. you're, Zur- I did not know. But never do Superman doesn't do that. All Superman does is put glasses on. Yeah. Hi, Clark. Yeah. Hi, Superman. Where, where did, where did Clark go? Have you seen him, Superman? What are you? Hey, Clark. When did you get here? Did, did you see Superman? He was just here. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> funny, no, Ray. What the funny? What time he forgets? Puts glasses on. <laughs> Super Clark. If you're interested in hearing more from us, go to our website, superhammeredbros.com. You can also listen to us on iTunes, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, we are the Super Hammered Bros, and we hope you will geek out with us. All right, we're back from that lovely news break. It's um, I see that Kazuo got an iced coffee. Oh yes, I, I decided I'd like to try what you're always drinking, and yeah. I gotta say, it is good. Man, that pour over coffee maker makes some damn good coffee. Shit, it's so much better than a Keurig. Oh my god. Anyway, so um, we're back, and we're gonna be doing a review on Knights of Sidonia, which is a fairly complex anime. I think at least I thought it was fairly complex. Um. How should we start this? I think I kind of want to give a rundown of the story. Yeah. As it is told by, you know, numerous websites, and then we'll kind of dive I, into it. I wrote a plot synopsis. Oh, you did? Oh, oh all right. I did. Yeah. Go ahead. Look at you. Chiaki, go ahead. <laughs> 1,000 years ago, the Ghana, a strange alien race, destroyed the solar system. Portions of humanity were able to escape via seed ships in search of new homes. They drift through space. 
One such seed ship is the Sidonia. Nagate Tanikaze has been raised in the depths of the Sidonia, but is plunged into society when he fails to steal rice. Despite his differences from others his age, such as his inability to photosynthesize, he is enlisted in the military to learn how to pilot large mecha known as guards used to fight off the Ghana. With his underground training, Nagata is entrusted with a legendary unit known as the Sugimori. As the battles against the Gauna increase, the shadows surrounding the truth of who Nagate is, Sidonia's immortal council, and more become longer and darker. Dun, dun, dun. Ta-da! Someone in the chat already said that this is like Attack on Titan in space. In space. And I totally agree. It has it has similarities. It does. Yeah, yeah, now that you mention it, it really does. Human beings fighting for their survival. Uh, against huge, unstoppable monsters. First episode, you have the, there hasn't been a Ghana attack in like 100 years. And all of a sudden, every day they're attacking. Yeah. I'm not really shy about this. I like this anime more than Attack on Titan. Hmm. Um, I thought that there's a lot of different reasons why I like this anime better, and I will sort of run them down right now. Yes, it is is a 100% CG anime, but the CG is really good, and it's done in a way that that they, they're attempting to make it look hand drawn. Yeah, it doesn't look the way that, um, like the Musume Ron uh, Ronzoku no Musume Ronja or whatever the hell that Studio Ghibli anime was. I didn't feel like it looked crappy. I thought it looked good. Well, the studio behind it is Polygon Picture or Polygon Studios, and they've actually been around since the 2002 Ghost in the Shell two film. Um, and most recently, they actually did animation for Hasbro's full CG TV series, Transformers Prime, believe it or not. Okay. Which won an Emmy for Outstanding Special Class Animated Program. So so their work, I think, is is kind of on the up and up. So, so, so let me... I know Kazuo wants to jump in here, but let yeah. me finish my thought. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought that Attack on Titan... If, we're, if, if we are comparing the two, Attack on Titan did not do a good job with its, with its animation at all. I thought that was one of the biggest drawbacks of that show. I thought Sidonia... still image pans. Yeah. <laughs> Sidonia does a great job with that, and the pacing of Knights of Sidonia is really nice. It um, it moves along quick. It, uh, it does have tech, some techno babble in it, but it moves along quick. You don't have, like, five episodes of trying to push the border in front of the wall or, you know, five episodes of riding horses in the plains, running away from a titan. There was some techno babble, but, I mean, you caught on to it pretty quickly. Like, you know, they were talking about the Ghana and their Enna and the, um, what was the name of the uh, mobile suits, the Sugimori. And, you know, but after the first couple of episodes, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, and they really didn't, I don't think they, they overwhelmed you with the te- techno babble as you said. I, I agree I think it was an appropriate amount and, and I kind of agree with your sentiments Mitsugi putting it in a different way I feel like again if we are comparing this to Attack on Titan it has a much tighter storyline the storyline in this anime I feel like progresses very neatly from A to B to C to D and you find out details in a very good pace and plot progression um, so worth worth kind of noting uh, is the music, or I wanted yeah. to make sure the music is noted because the music is is awesome. It is, it yeah, really is, definitely. The first opening song is great, and really the OST is really solid. It is. And probably one of the the reasons for that is the man behind the music is Noriyuki Asakura, and he did the music for Major and all of Rodoni Kenshin. Oh wow! So it, it's mostly big orchestral like sweeping arrangements at least within the show 
I think the theme song itself is done by um, God uh, Asa. Uh, um, it's it's a pair of girls. I can't remember their names, but yeah. they, they've been around for a while, and they did um, they did most they did the theme song for like Stelvia of the Universe. I'll look them up right now. While you're doing that, I do want to jump back a bit to when we were talking about the um, animation quality, the the you know combat animation and the background animation, and I felt like everything in animate looked great, but for yeah. so, there was something about the characters that just they just looked weird. Something was offsetting about them, and I can't really put my finger on what it was. At first, I thought it was oh they all just you know their faces all looked the same, but no, there were some differences there, and then it was like for some reason like their faces were giving off this weird glow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like they're it almost looked like I like they they had just like overwhelming lighting on their face and I don't know if maybe that's what it was but there's something about them that that threw me off everything else was gorgeous though I think one of the hardest things with CG animation is the movement mm-hmm. is getting the movement to look right yeah um and and cram I was talking about this with cram once back in the day and and he was talking about you know frame rates and things like that and how like your eye almost wants to see something imperfect because that's kind of what you you've become to expect Mm -hmm. and how with a lot of times in cg animation if if the frame rate isn't exactly right or if they have a movement that's kind of off it can seem jarring even if it's still good movement and i felt like the character movement in this in relation to backgrounds and things like that Mm was actually one of the best CG animations I've seen in a long time. I I almost view the animation as like putting on a pair of tinted glasses or something. At first you're like, this is a little weird. And then you kind of get used to it and you're like, oh no, this everything okay now everything looks normal and i'm i'm used to it i i, I do want to kind of roll it back to the beginning of the show and kind of just start talking about the story but sure the uh, the girls that, that they B- did the song before oh sorry the girls who did the song their name their their name is angela and interestingly enough they won the code the, the 19th animation kobe awards for the top um, theme song of the award show for doing the the Sidonia theme. Oh. And I am not shocked because it's great. It the is The theme great. song is awesome. One thing before we, we get into that, you know, overall plot, one more note I wanted to make on the technical aspects of the staff. So Knights of Sidonia is based on a ma- manga series by Tsutomu Nihei, and it began publication in 2009, currently ongoing with 13 volumes. And this guy also created manga's Blame, Deadheads, Noise, and Sabrina. For those of you who read manga, that might mean something to you. But the adaptation of Sidonia, so the guy who took the manga and helped adapt it into a anime, because, you know, there's always that, that person involved in, in Western films who says, this is a great book, but we need to turn it into a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't, you can't just take a literal trans you have to pick and choose and cut and edit and readjust and things like that and the guy who did that is uh sadayuki murai and he did the scripts for cowboy bebop natsume yujin Cho, perfect blue and he did screenplays for bubblegum crisis 2040 and steam boy so this guy who wow. did the the guy who was behind the screenplay and series competition composition for knights of sidonia has been involved in in that work for some big name series. And uh, I, if I could, I'd like to make one last kind of, I guess, technical point before we move on to the story as well. Yeah. Um, the I watched the show dubbed. Okay. Um, oh, did you? And I got to say, not very good. 
Well, watch it sub then. Yeah. Well, I just want I just, you know I just want to let people know I in this one I'd probably you you should probably watch it sub. The thing is I don't know if it was entirely the fault mm. of the actors uh, as much as it might have been some of the writing. Mm. Um, I felt like a lot of the conversation was very. It felt like like a cutscene in a video game where you have to press A to have them read the next sentence. <laughs> it felt like that a lot of times. And like I even wrote down here a line from the show that was like, what in the world is this a video game? And um, it says uh, one of the characters was speaking to the main character and says, you need to learn about the you need to learn about these gravity belts and it's best you begin with the basics <laughs> and then they proceed to do like press the b button yeah. to hook up the gravity belt <laughs> exactly. to railing i was like oh press boy press the x button to detach yeah it was i mean some of the yeah some of the you know dialogue was just very like i said it felt like you're playing a video game and you're pressing a for the next sentence and um but you know Again, I, I would probably just watch it subbed then. Don't. If, um, if that's a good note, because I don't even, I didn't even realize, I was watching this one on Netflix, but I didn't mm. even realize that the dub was out of it for it already. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a simul, simultaneous thing, it, I think. Oh. If we're talking about art and stuff, I want to talk about the mech designs. This is a mech anime. Um, they spend a lot of time fighting in mech, mech units, and this, the Tsugumori is mm. a very cool looking mech. Oh, mech. Yeah. It's, they're, real, they're real robots. Um, you know they are in space flying around, but they are closer to real robots and super robots. And they, f- I just, I just yeah. want to touch in on one thing. The Tsugumori is the special one. The the mech are called guards. Well, that's fine. I'm talking about the Tsugumori. Okay, I just, I just wanted to make sure. They use a lot of really sharp angles on the mechs, and uh, they they fight with uh, in, with with guns. But primarily, they, but primarily the weapon that they use to kill the the, the Ghana are called. Um, Kabizashi, I think. Yeah, I think name. so. Mm-hmm. They're like They're lances. Like this giant, of. like spears. Yeah. And I think that's going to come into play in the second season, which, by the way, is supposed to start towards the end of 2015, because there is definitely some interesting connection between the Kabizashi and the Ghana. They're very drawn to the Kabizashi in the anime, right. and um, I think that because there's so many of these spears on the on the sh- on the yeah, there's a ship, finite number of them. Yeah, right. but the. They're on the ship, right? The Sidonia. And I think that that's kind of... I think they made it pretty clear that that's one reason why the Ghana keep attacking yeah, the ship. They're drawn to it. They're trying to get these and spears, and I don't know what the heck. Speaking about um, how good the uh, the mechs looked in this show, um, w- a couple of the scenes that I really enjoyed are when they would kind of link up. They would all like get oh, in a circle yeah. and lock arms, and you would see like this this halo flying through the, air, right. through, through the you know through this outer space. And uh, that was always really, really cool looking. You so. know, that's one thing that I want to give this show definite credit for is the fact that there's a lot of things to it that feel real, that feel like this would be a real problem and this could be a real solution for that problem. Like the mechs having to, to link up so that they stay together when they fly across long distances mm-hmm. in space and or, you know, so they're more aerodynamic or cultural notes like pilot saying you know you hold you shake hands before you go and and do the mech lock formation for good luck like all of that Mm -hmm. makes sense and and that's one thing that you know even in the art style and the art direction Sidonia has a really organic feel to it I love the fact that the pilot suits were dirty they were scuffed Mm -hmm. they were they were messed up and yet their faces always shiny 
clean. <laughs> well, half of them are genetically engineered. And I'm anyway. like, that's what it was. That's what bugged me so much. Is like everything's so dirty and rugged, but their faces are like glowing. And I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> and and I just I liked that because it was like one of those situations where I look at it and I go, you know, if you're traveling for a thousand years in space, shit's gonna get beat up and mm. and run down. And you're going to piece together and like quilt things that <laughs> that barely work. The only thing that I do want to say and one of my two main pet peeves for this show, and I'm sure we'll talk about the other one, is the photosynthesis. And the mm. reason why this is one of my pet peeves is because this is another instance where it makes perfect sense. Resources are short. Right. You know, you, you want to increase your population so you have more people to fight, but you have a finite number of resources to support them. Right. It makes sense, the idea of humans evolving, like, I'm not saying it makes sense from, like, a science perspective, from but from a sci-fi perspective to say, okay, we could genetically modify engineer humans to develop something that makes them require less resources, photosynthesis. Okay. Here's where my problem comes in. It's used, it feels like it's used more as a tool for, let's show the girls naked yeah. than actually as the, the unique story device that it is. Well... Now, I do agree with you um, in some aspects. It's definitely used, you know, to, as you said, to have the girls um, be naked. But also, I think that in the beginning when you meet the main character and you find out that he can't photosynthesize, he's um, kind of looked down upon by a yeah. lot of the other people. So I thought I think it was also used to kind of express, you know, the kind of difference in class and all no, that. No, I, I agree. Like, I think it was a good idea. Yeah. I just, th the execution of it oftentimes, like, you never saw a guy photosynthesizing. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you never saw yeah. a dude mostly naked basking in the sun to get his photosynthesis time. Like, it was always hot chicks. Absolutely. Yeah, they definitely overdid it with the um, zero G boobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, it was, yeah, that kind of got kind of ridiculous after a point. I, I think in the first episode, you, you walk in on, or no, like one of the opening shots is in a girl's locker it room. Is. Yeah, and I'm there, like, okay. there are some odd choices in the show. We'll, I think we'll talk about those. But um, before we get to the plot, I want to mention that people in the chat are sort of still talking about the connection between Knights of Sidonia and how, like, uh, you know, and, and Attack on Titan and how Attack on Titan is very dark, and uh, the word macabre was used, and tight um, Sidonia is like that also. But I will note yeah. that Knights of Sidonia. Knights of Sidonia had its original manga release, and this is an important thing, in April of 2009, and Titan came out in September of 2009. Interesting. Making Titan yeah. almost six months older than... I'm making Sidonia six months older than Titan. So maybe it's Titan that's copying Sidonia. You know what? Perhaps. You know what Sidonia could be it could be described as one one notch less dark than the game Dead Space? <laughs> I feel like yeah. Sidonia could kind of be described yeah. as like one notch. Right. If, if the Sidonia got a Ghana attack on the ship, <laughs> it would be dead space. It was certainly a very dark show. I mean, a lot of people died yeah. in this series. And, um, you know, like yeah. um, there was, I forget, I don't know, I mean, I'm terrible with names, but one of the characters that the main character had become very close with. I don't mm. want to spoil. Yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm just saying yet. he's close with someone and they die. Anyway, so I'm getting so. to, all right, I got to <laughs> get to the story here. Okay. So. I think this is an anime that sort of kicks things off really well right off the right off the bat. It starts with an action scene of a tsu, of Tsugumori defeating a Ghana, and they kind of show you right off the bat what this anime will be capable of showing you in terms of the the action visuals. So like the first two or three minutes of the show is a really really crisp fast paced action scene where they kill a Ghana, 
And I think that quarter sort of sets the stage and lets you know that they're going to be doing a lot more stuff like this. And I think that they don't really they don't really disappoint in that regard. I think that there's enough there's enough action scenes in the in this anime that the first you know the first sort of teaser they give you in the beginning doesn't I I didn't feel let down by it. You know, they're not giving you action scenes every episode, but 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 maybe every other episode there's like a fight that happens. So so the series starts out where we have the Sidonia right. and then the first Ghana attacks that we mentioned after right. like a hundred years, that's the attack Mitsugi's mentioning. Mm-hmm. And then in the second episode, I think it's second episode or either very end of first, um, one of the things that definitely sold me on it was someone died. And I hate to put it like that, but the series had the balls within the first three episodes to be like, nope, this character's <laughs> going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that one scene, like in episode four or five, where they're going to crash directly into a Ghana, the Sidonia is, and they have to shift the Sidonia's like, trajectory or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. And they're like, everyone has to strap down into their like anti-gravity belts because there's going to be like no gravity for a while. Yeah, because they have to like do a hard turn yeah. and it's going to screw yeah. up the gravity on the ship and so everybody's going to go flying so you have to latch well, your belt onto a handrail. And it's like, they're and basically they're like, oh, only 23,000 people in the residential district died and there's like blood everywhere. Yeah, people flying people, into walls. People flying and getting just, just demolished because, you know, they're flying at like light speed or whatever into walls and it's just... <laughs> Talk about a dark show where they don't give a sh- they don't give even the slightest hint of a shit that they're killing people. Yeah, but I I have to say, despite that, it's not gratuitous. No, again, no. like all of the gore and all of the violence that occurs in the show feels natural. Like it was one of those things where they were gonna crash into something, they had to make a quick turn, and if you make a quick turn on a spaceship, you know whatever, mm-hmm. you're gonna feel the effects of that, and so. I think that that it is a very appropriately scaled show. So so the first the first kind of arc I would say is figuring out cuz cuz I'm trying I'm trying to make some order if you guys are okay with that. No, I, I feel yeah, like I'm, we're jumping around. Yeah, go for it. Um so the first arc is kind of learning about um Nagate and who he is and then getting him out in his first fight and of course he does very well. Yes, um, and I, I don't know if it was like the first episode or not, but where we meet him, he is uh, kind of like, he's like an underdweller. Yeah. So he like he lives he's lived his life up to this point, kind of living in like the sewers and like you know underneath the city and stuff like that. And they find him stealing rice because uh, he you know as I said before he can't photosynthesize, so he has to eat as a normal human would. Um, so yeah, they find him stealing rice and he falls and breaks his hand. One one of the things about that that I also found kind of jarring was that I think almost immediately after they find him, like the very next episode, they're like, "Yeah, let's put him in a mech and send him off to fight." It's like, "What? You just you just met this guy. He's but, had zero training." But but which but it's explained yeah. it's explained much later on in the show. Yeah. But it was weird at first because I'm like, "You just met this guy stealing rice, and now you're throwing him out into battle. You don't even know if he can pilot a mech." But okay, I or guess. Or if he even wants to. Yeah, or if he wants. And and, and, and wasn't he just stealing from you? So you're, I mean, shouldn't he maybe go to jail or something? Ooh. Not be like, hey, you're in charge of this whole thing. Have fun. So that was weird. But it's explained. It's explained m- later. much later on yeah. in the show. You realize why you know 
he was able to pilot this and all that stuff. But at first, as I, I just wanted to say, at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and, and the series does a good job of setting stuff up like that. I feel like that, that they go into explain later, later. The only other thing I mentioned, I had two problems with the series and you see them both within the first three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, one was the photosynthesizing, just the way that was handled, yeah. not the idea of it, but the way the show treats it. And two is the bear. Yeah, yeah. look at my shit. notes. I want you to read the last thing on my notes. Random talking bear because anime. That's on Kazuo's <laughs> notes. <laughs> like when I watched the first episode of this anime, I was totally, I was so, I was so locked in on it. You know, with on the, the bear? N- no, on the <laughs> anime itself. With the space battle, it was awesome. Yeah, the, I liked the, I liked the animation style. And then we got to the bear, and, and then we had the, then we had the, the, the locker room scene right, right after the, right at the oh, beginning. Yeah. And I was like, oh god, here it comes. Yep. And then moments later, we had that goddamn talking bear that reminds me of the, the, the bear from uh, Tekken or whatever the shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell there is was happening? And here's zero reason that she was a bear. Well, and that's no the thing. Like <laughs> everything else, like I mentioned, everything. Else else is kind of explained like that whole you know you just met this dude why are you sticking him in you know a legendary mecca like all of that gets an explanation that makes sense the bear gets a backstory but there's no point in which they explain why why it's a a bear could have been a normal human and the thing is um, okay obviously it's an anime you know there are plenty of animes with talking bears and whatnot that are no are there the problem with this one for me is when when you're making a show and you're going to decide to base it in some form of reality, you know, where you're yeah. like, this is what happens to humans on Earth, you know, and, and and there's no real fantastical elements. It's all just sci-fi elements. And then you have, th- it was just jarring and it didn't make sense in this world. You know, and, and that's the thing is, is they could have explained it. Like they could have had other humanoid animals that are like, oh, we tried to preserve some of Earth's wildlife, yeah. but we needed them to lend their part so we made them sentient and this was the product after a couple hundred years like like there could have been some kind of explanation for mm-hmm. putting the bear in if they really had to do it but no no it's just because bear yep. so okay let's move on from the bear yeah it's stupid bear stupid <laughs> bear <laughs> it so, was dumb let's move on um so the next arc is i I would put the next kind of arc so Morgana are attacking and I would I would say in my opinion the next arc is really focused around Nagate becoming close to Hoshijiro. Hoshijiro. Who who by the way is one of my favorite female anime characters of like the whole year. Really? I loved her. Why do you say that? Um I don't know, she was just super cute and um a kind of a sympathetic figure, I think, and I don't know. Mm, interesting. I thought that scene that they had in space where they were both stranded was yeah, kind of a nice scene. Yeah, that was scene. a nice scene. And that was the scene where they had the quote-unquote 256 ship formation that you were talking about where they have oh, the yeah. ring of light yeah. and yeah, thing, yeah. and it comes, yeah. they were like, oh, my God. Yeah, at first I was like, what is that? I thought it was like some kind of energy that they were, because they were trying to collect energy on the on their mecha so they can get back to the ship. And I thought, oh, this is some, some kind of weird, like, space energy thing. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no, it's just it makes, a ton of dudes. It makes so much sense because, like, it, you're in space, right, where there's no gravity or whatever. And uh, if if you're if you want to get as much propulsion as possible, it mm-hmm. makes so much sense to, like, connect a bunch of different, a bunch of individual, like, like mech units together yeah. and have, like, the combined force of all of their engines. 
Yeah, could you can move move pretty damn fast like that? Absolutely. So I think it, that that kind of shit makes a lot of sense, and I don't think I've ever seen that before in an anime. Before. Yeah, no, she yeah. was really cool. Um, also, um, what was the other person's name that was neither a girl nor a boy? Yeah, that was a Isa- weird. Isana or something like that. E- it was I. There's I a. I'll look it up. But for you. what was Isana Sh- uh, Shinatose? Right, Isana. What was weird though about that is that um, that she was, so so she, I say she, but she was neither a boy boy nor a girl. However, everyone referred to her as her. Except for two characters. Who? Or no, no, one character. It was the um, the girl with the green hair. And this is a Japanese note because she always gave him, she always gave oh. them the suffix kun. Right. Which okay. is for boys. Interesting. Okay. And, they, the- and they were actually surprised. They were like, oh, kun. But no, he even, he okay. even says at one point, he's like, but I'm a boy. He well, actually self-identifies yeah. as a boy. Okay, well, maybe in the Japanese, but in the English, the, uh, sh- she or he introduced, or I don't want to say it, but um, they introduced themselves as neither a boy nor a girl, and everyone called her a she from then on, in the English version at least. Everyone, everyone called her a she, except for right about halfway through, there's one point at which they're like... Um, She's she's getting food or they're getting food mm-hmm. and the the restaurant guy is like I threw in an extra something before a cute girl and they go well actually I'm a boy I I, I don't know that it's really all that important she did uh, wait, not in the English version I, at oh. least in the English version she said uh, I don't it wasn't say it didn't say I'm a boy but she said you guys are you guys are getting a sorry something that's but, not important yeah no I'm sorry <laughs> well, but I think you know I, I get it that it's not important to the plot but it's really interesting to me Mitsugi because here's an example of something that's in the original Japanese that got taken out that was that was chosen to be removed from um, the English version of this. I still don't think it's that important. If anything, it's only important because this anime is set like, I don't know, 10,000 years in the future, and the people are, there's there's and there's genetically engineered people, there's mm-hmm. clones, there's people that have had photosynthesis, plant photos, photosynthesis, um, genetically bred into their genes so that they can survive without a, without a large amount of food. And then there's the the girl who may be a boy or not. I mean, the only thing, the only reason why I would say that's important is that it's an example of how they've been tampering with human genetics. See, for me, it's an example of of cultural differences between you know Japan, and America, and localization processes. But but that was where I was going with it. Okay. Yeah. Either way, watch it in Japanese. <laughs> so I think at this point we can probably raise the curtain on some spoilers because I don't know how much more we can say without talking about like the subsequent things that happen in the story are definitely something we can't really talk about without spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Am I right? So I, I think like somewhere towards the middle of the anime, a very large Ghana attacks the Sidonia. It's like, I don't know, a hundred times as big as the Sidonia and it's just going to ram right through them and kill them. And they they have a huge squadron of units that are going to plant these like, deton- de- like detonated bombs on the outside of the Ghana to expose its core mm-hmm. so they can destroy the core with those spears that we mentioned earlier. And I think this is the battle where Hoshijito gets captured or she gets lost no this is the one with the explosions is the one where she dies oh she quote-unquote dies right yeah yeah okay well and um the a large portion of the remainder of the anime is them battling her spacecraft yeah which is a huge thing her and her spacecraft become overtaken by a ghana like the ghana controls it it becomes like the crimson something or other and um and she ends up like fighting them and owning them for quite some time Be- afterwards. She kills so many people yeah. in that 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 ship. 
like wipes out I don't know 50 different people I mean this anime they, they kill almost everybody I mean practically everybody's dead by the end of the show but um, they end up I, I can't remember how they did this but they, they end up capturing Hoshijiro back they take her back yeah right um, he destroys her ship or something like that and they capture her and then put her behind this like giant glass thing right and and, and um, but then they were talking about how that wasn't really her that it was it was just the Ghana who I guess it, it, I guess made himself look like look like her or something like that uh. and like the entire time the Ghana was staring in a specific I remember this part this it was staring staring in a specific direction in this room right at the Kabizashi yeah and they were they were trying to figure out what is it looking at because it's in in this giant room and it was staring in the direction of where the spears were at on the ship yeah so there's a lot of I think there's a lot of unanswered questions in this anime and there's gonna be there's gonna be they spend enough time looking at that Hoshijiro Gana maybe it's her maybe it's not thing in that in that glass cell that she's in that I think that there's gonna be some deep importance to that in the second season and we're going to have some like some revelations made about it, again it's like Attack on Titan they ended the first season with a lot of question marks and I think that they will probably answer those in the second season should I give a rundown as to what was answered in this um, as far as I mean if we're doing spoilers I don't know if that's been a f- if well you, if you think it's important I, I wanted to raise the, the, the spoiler curtain so we could talk about the next section of the show which is mm-hmm. Hoshijiro and battling her ship and you know them right. studying her and and then we find out who Hoshijiro is, or not Hoshijiro. I'm sorry, who um uh main character is right. Well, uh, Nagate. Nagate. Yeah. You find we, you, f- you do find out why he's important and why they were like, oh, let's just stick him in a ship. And why he can't photosynthesize. Right. And I think I think probably, well, I mean, since the show ends on a lot of question marks, do you guys want to go down maybe what we're maybe most hoping or looking forward to kind of finding out the answer for? That's still left outstanding. Sure. sure. I mean, I think that there's enough stuff outstanding that we can probably easily talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Can we, well, I mean, should we explain who um, he is first and what kind of happens at the end, and then we can. That's what I just asked. I think it's fine. And he said if he thinks it's important. If you think it's important, yeah, I think it's fine. Finding out who he is. I'd like to wrap that's up. Pretty important. I'd like to wrap up <laughs> the episode sometime in the next ten minutes. So it turns out that a um, hundred years or so ago. Six hundred, I thought. Six hundred years ago. Okay. That. Um, when the Ghana had first attacked, there was a group of people in charge, and uh, one of them was a guy, I forget, uh, Hiro something, Hiroki? They were actually the people who found this special ore that the Kabi, uh, Kabikaz, Kabikazen? Kabizashi. Kabizashi is made out of. So they found this ore that the Kabizashi was then made out of, and then they got kind of promoted throughout the ranks. But right. there was one guy who wasn't on board with things. Yeah, and but he, you know he was like kind of the big hero at the time, and yeah, he wasn't on because they were trying to, I guess, make themselves immortal at that time so that they continue to live and um, kind hey, of. His name's Hiroki. Yeah, Hiroki. Hiroki. Okay, and um, so they he leaves, comes back eighty years later. And they're all immortal at this point, so they're still young, and he's an old man. I think they find him, don't they? Or does he? I don't think he comes back on his own. I feel like they found him. I don't recall. Yeah, but I don't know. either way, he's he's back, and so they decide to clone him, and that's what the main character is—is is a clone of him. But he ends up kidnap kidnapping him, uh, and then raises him below the city. Yeah, and so. uh, according to this this thing that I just looked up. Uh, Hiroki, who kidnaps Tanikaze as a child, is was the former ace pilot of Sidonia. 
and that's why at the beginning of the show they talk about how Tiny Kaze has gone through a lot of pilot training, but it's on like the old versions of the of the units. Right. So that's why he knows how to pilot the the, the Tsugumori already because I think it's an old unit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that maybe the maybe the Hiroki used. I'm, I can't remember, but um, that's why he's like so capable. Right. He's been trained all his life by the former ace pilot of the ship. So there is that. Okay, so that pretty much sums. Uh, and and then at the end, I guess at the end of the series, they destroy the big bad, and that's pretty much it. We're still stuck with uh, the girl Ghana on the ship, and I guess they're still trying to figure out. You know, well, oh, they end up uh, sending a group of humans to another planet, I guess, because there are a group of humans that are protesting and saying, "Oh, you know, the Ghana wouldn't attack us if we didn't have weapons." Yeah. So they send them off. They're probably gonna get killed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> pretty much everybody does. Um. I think there's so many questions to be answered. Like, I don't know where to begin. I want to, I guess my first, I guess my, my most, in, my number one question is, why, why are the Kabizashi important, the mm-hmm. spears? Why was there, like, a disagreement about them, period, at all? You know, they must have some kind of, of questionable ethical background if their people are arguing over even having them. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, so what are they actually made out of? And I think it's going to be something, like, awful. And why are they so important? I think that would be, you know, aside from the obvious question, which is who and what are the Ghana, right? Yeah. The spears are my number one curiosity at this point. My number one is the Immortal Council. Yeah. So, so all of Sidonia is kind of overseen by this group that's called the Immortal Council. And, and by the common person, they're almost kind of like part folklore, part like... They're real, but what are they? Who are they? Like, there's kind of that that level of mysticism around them. And you see them a bit through the captain, who's one of the, you know, crew who got that rare metal 600 years ago. And, and she meets with them and she has, you know, interactions with them. But they've been very minimal. And the explanation of who those people are, mm-hmm. why they're immortal in the sense of why do they get to be immortal you know, uh, all of that is left unanswered, and I'm I'm curious about that. Yeah, I would agree with both of you. Um, and I, I guess probably the thing I'm most interested in seeing is 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 um you know where these gonna come from? Why did they you know at some point just decide to you know destroy Earth? And and what's their motivation? You know, um, so that's probably what I'm most interested to see. But I'm also you know as you mentioned interested in finding out more about this council because you never even see their face or anything. So uh, or most of them at least. So yeah, I'm, one. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. That's oh, it. I was going to say one final note. Someone in the chat, uh, Colin, has let us know from the manga, and this is potentially a spoiler, Uh-oh. that the bear is a human who is wearing a bear-like life support suit That's to sustain dumb. herself. <sighs> That's dumb. Jeez. So I, I'm i not going to say the rest of it. It's but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have to say I get it. However, That's that dumb. could it could have been a life support suit that didn't look like that a bear. didn't look like a bear. How so. about a life support suit that just has you in like a spacesuit? Yeah, right. So that make more sense. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to be a bear. That's because it's anime. Um, I don't have a whole lot more to say about this anime. I think that it's a absolute slam dunk for mecha fans. I think it's a slam dunk for anybody who likes sci-fi and a slam dunk for anybody who likes very dark. Um, a desperate anime where lots of people die and there's lots of blood and and high action. So are we ready to score it? Yeah, I love it. I give it a. I'll give it a. Um, give it. A, I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Um, Benny Suzume Zeta Five, which is the name of the ship that gets taken over, uh, Hoshijito ship. 
I loved it. I thought it was uh, awesome. Okay. I, I wasn't even... I know that, like, Cram didn't want to watch this because of, of the CG. I wasn't deterred at all by the CG. And frankly, if every anime ends up being looking, looking like this one in the future, I'm okay with that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I also really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there were a couple of things that threw me off, like uh, um, how, as we mentioned earlier, the needless use of having naked girls around and yeah. like boobs bouncing all over the place. How many times in, did that really happen it, though? It happened a lot. Did it? It did. It really, did, did there was like at least oh, two okay. scenes in the locker room. Okay. Uh, there was, and then every time you would see any girl, they would have like her, her boobs accentuated. Well, they, well, well they all did have rocket ship tits, but <laughs> they, they are in Zero space. gravity. They are in yeah, space. And then there were scenes where like girls would fall on him and stuff like that. And yeah, there, there were some um, really kind of tropey scenes. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, I thought it was really good. Uh, the just something about that CG threw me off at first. The dub was not worth it, so don't even bother with that. As I mentioned before, um, that bear suit threw me off. Um, but it's overall very good. I will give it a four out of five. A four out of five. Oh, I wish I didn't go last. Um, <laughs> Overall, I very much enjoyed the series, and I think that it has a lot of potential going forward on seeing these questions answered. Um, I do think that it has its problems, but I'm going to have to go also with a four out of five. Okay, so, so we'll round it down to a four. Yep. I think the only people that would be deterred by this anime are just people that just flat out don't like the genre. Yeah. yeah. I'm still very interested to see another season of it, for sure. I am I am excited for the next season. I mean, if, if, if we're talking about mech anime, and there were quite a few of them in 2014, honestly, I didn't think there was anything that even remotely came close to this anime in terms of mech. No. Mech no I would say it's definitely the best mech that's come out. It was a good mech anime surrounded by a bunch of bad mech anime, like Captain Earth. and <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. oh, God, and, uh, Captain Earth. Don't make us relive don't, that. Don't do it. Yeah, there were a couple other bad ones too. Okay, well, um, I will definitely be watching this anime when it when the when it comes out again in the fall or the winter seasons of this year. I um, very excited for it. In fact, uh, I imagine maybe we'll give like an update on it or something, or maybe even review it again if it's substantial enough. I don't know. No. We, we we have done that before, and it is almost a year from now. So, okay, well, um, good show, guys. I'm looking forward to this winter season. Yep. I'm looking forward to watching more of my Kuroko no Basuke and some more of my Jojo and my Yoa pedal. I'm looking forward to, you know, my next my next anime from my Utena man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Rolling Girls. From the Man <laughs> Crush. I still think Rolling Girls sounds like a bunch of girls that are like rolling cigars or something. <laughs> oh, I was going to say ecstasy, but okay. Okay, well, 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 if that's where you want to go with it. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay, guys, so this is the end of episode 258 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. You can find us at our website, www.aaapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes, so please, if you like us and you haven't already done so, write us a five-star review. I promise we'll read them on the podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, where you can tweet us at aaapodcast. Please follow us on there if you'd, if you'd like. And, of course, don't forget we changed the live audience time from uh, the time is now Sundays at 4 p.m., Eastern Standard Time or 10 p.m. GMT. We had a lot of people. Um, we almost, we had around around 130 eyeballs this Woo. time, which is a, a lot of people that you can talk with, fellow anime fans, and uh, our community is very friendly, so don't be shy. And uh, what is your your, your, your AAA Kazuo? Yep. Is your Twitter That's Kazuo? me. If you want to follow me on there and listen to all the dumb things I have to say, and yeah. Okay, guys. Well, until next time, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Take care.